to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 104 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And I tell you, I tell you, Taylor. He's got something to tell me, guys. We have an exciting episode coming for you. What happened? And what's going on with my ears? Yeah, I got that too. I'm getting static. And my live video paused. Our Instagram has paused. We're still live on Facebook, y'all. Yay for technical difficulties. Oh, wait. Are the are the aliens coming for us? What's happening? Is it because of that? You think? I don't see interfering. How. I mean, maybe turn it off. Oh, oh there's it stopped. We're good now. All uh, that's staying in. We're I, raw, guys. We're raw. I don't know what's what's up with uh, with Instagram. It's dead. Why don't you like get rid of it and start it over? Unplug it and plug it in. Did you try turning it off and back on? Hey, welcome back, Instagram. Hey. There we go. <laughs> All right, should we start again or? Um, no, <laughs> I'm good. All right. So welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, so welcome, exciting. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thanks, Tone. <laughs> How you doing? I, I'm not doing too bad. Yeah. Yeah. What's new? Nothing. Nothing at all. Went to three, two, one battle last night. Yeah, how was that? It was awesome as always. <laughs> you really should come one time. Uh, you should come to Battle Mania. Uh, you know, <laughs> I just don't like being in small places with a lot of people. <laughs> this one's at the Showbox, like the the market. Yeah, really, they rent they leased out that place. Yep, impressive. It seems like like one of the harder to get places, at least. You know, me not being in any kind of uh, show business. Well, this is kind of show business. Kind of. A little bit. I don't rent out venues, though. No. So I wouldn't know. We've never really tried to do a live episode or anything. I know other podcasts do live episodes, but ours is so heavily produced that it doesn't really lend itself to... I think we could do a live live one. I just don't know if anybody would come. <laughs> yeah. We have done Drunken Cinema Live. We have done. We did that once, and we've wanted to do it again ever since, but uh, we lost our venue. Yeah. And we haven't been able to secure another one. Yeah. Such is life. Say lovey. Anyway, um, yeah. Anything else? No, not really. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm coming off uh, being almost completely out of commission. Discovered that I have gout. So that's fun. You that, and Max should start, should start a tag team. It's just the, the Gout Bros. The, the Goutmore guys. Goutmore. <laughs> uh, that, like, you know, I know, I mean, Max aside, I've known people that have gout. And the way they talk about it, it's like, oh, yeah, gout sucks. They have really undersold how bad gout sucks. It hurts, like, like, to an indescribable level. level. Like, I cannot put into words how badly I hurt every time I even attempted to put any kind of weight on my foot. Um, it was a fucking nightmare. 
I was on crutches for days. And it's like, it, it seriously, it feels like you're, you're, um, I mean, so gout mostly affects uh, the big toe. Um, I mean, it can affect pretty much any joint in your body, but more often than not, it's your big toe. And it seriously feels like some, like your toe is broken. Like somebody has also like shoved a flathead screwdriver into the, in between the joint, uh, like the, the joint at the, like the base of your toe and is trying to pry your toe off. That's pretty much what it feels like. Shit. Um, yeah. And, uh, it just seemed like it, like it kept getting worse. Like, cause I, I think I, last episode I talked about how I hurt my ankle. Yeah. Well, it's like just as my ankle was starting to feel better, it's like literally that night where I started to feel like, okay, you know, maybe I don't have to wrap my ankle anymore. I think I'm doing all right now. That night was when my toe flared up and like I couldn't even walk on it anymore. I, I was, I limped just to get to my bed for my living room. And then the next morning I'm like, okay, I got to go to the doctor because I can't live like this. <laughs> so, Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. And the weird thing was, is like he took, like he set me up for a blood test and I went and did it. And apparently the uric acid in my blood, which is what causes gout, um, was normal. So there's that. Good. He said that apparently like in the middle of a flare up or when a, when a flare up's already bad or when it's starting to get better, the, like your uric acid level might not necessarily be high. So it's kind of a, um, like a f- uh, false representation. Don't get gout. Okay, I'll try my best. Yeah, limit your red meat and uh, foods high in purines, which is basically everything I want to eat. Um, and drink. I never little. knew what a carbohydrate was. <laughs> um, eat. Uh, yeah, eat vegetables, but not certain vegetables. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. Say your prayers. <laughs> Drink a lot of water, and I mean a lot of water. Um, and uh, I heard that potassium helps, so eat bananas. So there you go. Max told me to drink cherry juice. It didn't help. It said, I mean, he said it helps for him. It said, like, when he gets a flare-up, he'll drink some cherry juice, and it knocks it out in, like, a day, or, like, two days, I think he said. Mine's been going out for a week. Like, it's still a little sore. I can walk on it now, and I can walk pretty much normal now, but it's still sore, and it's been over a week. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I drank the wrong cherry juice or what, because apparently there are two different kinds. I probably drank the wrong kind. Probably. That's what, that's what I do with my life. I do the, I do the wrong thing. <laughs> you are always doing the wrong thing. Anyway. Um, yeah. You, uh, you planning on hitting up one of those Friday the 13th tours? In New Jersey? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't plan to be making a special trip to New Jersey to go to a Boy Scout camp. Um, but it with would be Adrian cool. King. Oh. Uh, gonna buy a bottle of her wine. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole reason she's doing it, just to push her wine. <laughs> um, it's pretty cool, though. I mean, like, if I lived somewhere on the eastern seaboard, I'd probably make a trip over there. Yeah. Camp Okeechobee or whatever. <laughs> well, she's okie dokie. Uh, no, it's like Hobo Nobo Sibo or something like <laughs> that. Aboken placebo. Because <laughs> um, it's in New Jersey. Right. New Jersey! No, it's a Boy Scout camp that it's the actual camp 
the original Camp Crystal Lake that they filmed the first Friday the 13th at. Um, and they're doing like, it's, it's a, it's an active boy scout camp. So more often than not, it's closed off to the public. Like they don't even offer tours of it. Like you, you can't go on the property. It belongs to boy scouts of America. Um, but every once in a while, once in a blue moon, they'll open up the doors to uh, special tour groups. Um, and they go, yeah, I guess they're doing that now. Uh, for, um, for one weekend, yeah, April 13th. So yeah, if guess what day of the week that is. Uh, is it a Friday? It is. Hey. Um, so yeah, if you're somewhere in or around New Jersey, you got some money to spend and a weekend to kill, go check it out. Yep. Apparently they're doing some kind of lottery for tickets. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to imagine it's probably in high, high demand. I would think. Uh, I have no idea how you enter that lottery though. So fucking Google it. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Could be cool. um so what else do we talk about uh horror yeah yeah is that what we do on the show yeah i just feel like there's some things that uh, i wanted to talk about and now i can't remember what they were we we tend to thank our patreon patrons from time to time that is a good point why don't we do that right now (laughs) so um you know, every month we have a, a select group of people, very special and near and dear to our hearts, um, that give us money. And they are our Patreon patrons. Those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and Max Health. So cheers to you guys for giving us money and helping this show um, keep the lights on. <laughs> Not true. We'd still make the show, but you know. We'd we'd still keep the lights on. Right. Uh, But no, your show or your contributions definitely do help us cover, you know, just the the costs that come up paying our, you know, um, website fees and any like our our, um, MP3 hosting. That all comes from you guys. So we very much appreciate it. Taylor. Yes. If more people would like to help us out, where can they go? If more people would like to help us out, that would be greatly appreciated. They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1 a month. You can get exclusive content, including uh, special Patreon-exclusive video reviews chosen by yous. Yes. And, you know, at the special coveted $100 mark, Taylor will send you a personalized video of him doing the Buffalo Bill dance. Sure. (laughs) Because don't you want to fuck him? He'd fuck him. He'd fuck him hard. Ooh. <laughs> um, we have to get the rights to Goodbye Horses first, though. Yeah, Patreon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, on with the show. On with the show. This is it. Yeah, stop saying that. Because <laughs> it's like, as it's coming out of my mouth, I know what you're going to say next. <laughs> anyway, let's do some real. Uh, what? Nope, not that. Let's do some the time warp again. <laughs> oh, the time warp. <laughs> uh, no, let's do some horror business, guys. So, real world horror. We're going to go down to the state of Oregon our neighbors to the south, 
Um, Unfortunately, a southern border. <laughs> uh, and we're going to find a lady named Abby Beckley, um, who was just hanging out one day, and she started feeling just a little prick. From her boyfriend. Oh! <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, she's felt a little prick under her eyelid. That's um, a strange place to put it. That is weird. I don't know. People like to eye fuck people. <laughs> I don't judge. I do. That's not she. Yeah, I judge everyone. Uh, I judge everybody different than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she felt this scratching under her eyelid. And, you know, you've gotten an eyelash stuck under your eyelid before. You know how that feels. Not good. No, it doesn't feel good at all. But it's like it's got that sensation where you almost you know what it is. Yeah. Um, so that's what she thought this was. She's just like, okay, well, I've got a eyelash stuck under my eyelid. And, you know, it, typically if you've got one stuck there, you know, your eyes kind of do the job of kind of wipe, washing it out while you're sleeping. And that's where you're Yeah, at. or you like rub your eye until it waters enough that it comes out. Or, or that, yeah. Um, but she just, you know, kind of dealt with it. But after a week... Um, she had basically had enough. Uh, she said she put her fingers in there, in her in her eye, which is not something that's recommended. Um, but uh, she kind of did a. She said she did a picking motion, and she pulled a fucking worm out of her eyeball. Guys, it's like the strain. It is like the strain. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> so many worms. Um, like I feel like you need to call everyone that you've been with and be like, I have eye worms. <laughs> you should probably get tested. Look very closely at your eyeballs because you may have eye worms. Uh, she said she looked at her finger and saw it was moving and was shocked. Her oh. finger? Her finger was moving? She's like, well, that's weird. <laughs> you know, they call them fingers, but uh, I've never seen them fing. Oh, oh there, there they goes. go. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so she said that she was shocked. I got to say that I probably would be, too. Yeah. Amongst other things. Yeah, I'd probably vomit. Yeah. Um, I'd probably vomit, like, on my hand. Yeah. With the worm. Like, vomit on the worm. Yeah. Um, so uh, she said she pulled about six more of the worms out of her, uh, out of her eyes, I guess, um, over the next few days. That's That's too many. At what point did she not, like, why did she not, after pulling the first worm out, say, hey, something's wrong here. I should go see someone about this. Like, even if that was the only worm, I'd be worried about what kind of damage it could have done to my eye. Exactly. Things are not supposed to be floating around in the inside of your eyeball. Yeah. Not living things, especially. Yeah. Um, See, uh, see. so she she pulled about six more out over the next few days. She finally went to a doctor. Um who examined her eye and said they weren't sure what they were seeing. Uh, the doctor said, or Dr. Aaron Bonura, Bonura? Probably Bonura. Who's an infectious disease specialist um, and assistant professor at Oregon Health and Science University, uh, told, or said uh, to BuzzFeed, I'm assuming, who, who was doing this interview, said it's very uncommon to have worms in the eye. Oh, is it? Do you have to go to seven years of school to find out (laughs) that's the case? Like, I tell you, I didn't even finish college, and I know I shouldn't have worms (laughs) in my ears or my eyes. 
Or your ears. Or, or my ears. Um, she cons- uh, consulted with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, which identified the worms as Thalasia gulosa, uh, which is a parasite typically found on cow eyeballs. So apparently this is normal with cows. She was rubbing eyes with cows? I guess so. Um, and, you know, if she wasn't, it still makes you wonder, how did she? How did this happen? Yeah. You don't just, like, you know, expose yourself to something that's infested in worms and not notice. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, when all was said and done, I guess doctors removed a total of 14 worms from Becky's eye over the course of a month. Now, is that in addition to the seven that she pulled out of her face? Is that 21 worms in total? I don't know. That's so many worms to be in your eye. That's a lot of worms. Uh, then, you know, Becky, she says, it's just really gross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and psychologically da- disturbing. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's gross and psychologically disturbing to see multiple small worms crawling across the surface of your eye. Oh, yeah. so they weren't actually in her eye. Like, they weren't, like, they didn't, like, bore into her eyeball. They're just on the surface. I don't know, because she did, she did, like, a picking motion. Either way. Yeah, something was floating across the surface of her eye. Not something. Worms. Worms, yeah. And, you know, that that's something you're bound to notice. It's something that's bound to affect your day-to-day life. Yeah, when you look in the mirror and you see a fucking strain poster looking back at you, <laughs> something is wrong with you. You messed up somewhere. Right. And, you know, it's like, you know, as you get older, especially, you get floaters on your eyes. They're just like small little microscopic beings that just live in your eye juice. Not, I mean, more often than not, they're completely harmless. But when it's something like a fucking worm, that's when you tend to take alarm, I think. Did you say beings? 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 <laughs> Did you say there's beings in your eye? Small microscopic beings. Like organisms. Like human beings? <laughs> I mean, I know you're not saying there's human beings in your eye, but are you saying they're living? Yes. It's blowing my mind right now. I don't know what's going on. You have seen floaters in your eyes before, yes? I don't know. Really? Like you've never been like looking at something and then see like something floating around in the corner of your vision? Probably. Yeah. That's alive? Yeah, man. Gross. Get it out of my head. Don't worry. (laughs) You're going to be fine. Unless you get too many of them. Then that might be an issue. And if and if they're worms, and if they're worms, if they are worms, I think that maybe you should see a doctor. Um, but they're bound to tell you exactly what you already know. Yeah, they're gonna say you got worms in your eyes. We'll take them out, and then you go home. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Five thousand dollars, please. <laughs> Add a couple more zeros there. <laughs> so, fun stuff. So don't strange things are afoot in Oregon. Don't rub your eyes on cows' eyes. No.
So that stupid game, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, is that they were supposed to make a movie of it once upon a time. I want to say it was Universal. Oh, New Line. <laughs> it's right there, champ. And uh, yeah, New Line optioned the game for a movie, which if it's anything like the game would have been really boring. Yeah. But I mean... It would have been just a guy sitting there turning his flashlight on and off <laughs> until a bear appeared. And then he's dead. And then he's dead. Because that's what the game is. I, I Unless I played it wrong, which is a very strong possibility. I don't think you did. Because honestly, when I've watched like people play it, that's all I've seen. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like of any interest to me in those games. Um you know, maybe that could be to the benefit of a film because they basically have uh, the ability to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, they really only have to add like a few extra story plots or the plot points and they could take it anywhere because there's just like nothing to work with. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, theoretically, it would all take place in the Freddy Fazbear's pizza restaurant. I mean, I guess. Whatever. Whatever, indeed. Uh, so it, it apparently died a slow death at New Line, uh, but it's been picked up by none other than our good friend Tommy Blum over yeah, at Blumhouse. To add to the whatever. <laughs> uh, Wait, so, it was picked up by Blumhouse in March. We're not even in March yet. Was it last March? Fuck if I know. Who cares? Glad <laughs> we're talking about it. Um, well, that's not really the news story. The big news story is that Chris Columbus has signed on to direct. Oh, yeah. Chris Columbus, of course, founded America in 1492. It's true. By accident and then slaughtered a bunch of Native Americans. Right. And then he directed Home Alone. And then he directed Home Alone and produced Gremlins. <laughs> so, and uh, did he do the all the Harry, Potter, Harry Potter movies too? Not all of them. I think he did the first two. No, I don't care. But. Yeah, he did the first couple. Whatevs. Um, it's going to be produced by Tommy Blum, as well as the creator of the game, Scott Cawthon. Coth- Cawthon. Tommy Blum's probably going to be like, so what's this game about? He's probably going to be like, oh. <laughs> you, you wanted it. <laughs> like, it's about a security guard, and he, he turns on his flashlight, <laughs> and he turns it off, and he turns it on again, and there's a bear. And then he dies. <laughs> and then he dies. Like, like, like a bear? Like a, like, a, like a grizzly bear? He's like, no, no, like a, like a, like a robot bear. Why is it a robot? Well, because it's like a like a like a Chuck E. Cheese thing. Like you know when you go to Chuck E. Cheese and they're like, "You're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday boy or girl," right? <laughs> they're like that, right? They're like so it's so it's like huge. It's like no, no, it's, it's like a it's like two feet tall. <laughs> just a little bear. Like, why didn't you just like kick it? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you just leave? It's like I, I don't know, man. Where's my money? <laughs> or, or you know why doesn't he just leave his flashlight on? <laughs> and the bum's like. You made four of these fucking things? <laughs> it's like that episode of Simpsons when they go to the book fair and Bart's looking at all the four dummies books. He's like, how does a guy write all these? He's like, me no no. We have to go to bank now. <laughs> um, so in case our great description wasn't satisfying <laughs> for you. There's probably Five Night at Freddy fans out there just be like, Fuck what these the guys. fuck is this, man? <laughs> um, 
It's based on a game wherein the player steps into the role of a security officer at a Chuck E. Cheese-esque establishment where the animatronic critters come to life and haunt the building at night. Your goal is simply to survive the night. That's basically what we said. Yeah. Except it seems like you can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so excite? <laughs> no. As a matter of fact... Uh, I couldn't care less about this. I have to wonder if this Scott Cawthon just like was at Chuck E. Cheese as an adult and was just like, those things are fucking terrifying because they kind of are. Yeah. And then was just like, I'm going to make a game where they come to life and kill a security guard unless he turns his flashlight on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I'd probably be more terrified it was at, if it was actually like Chuck E. Cheese and his buddies than these fucking bears. Like that creepy pizza guy? Who was the pizza guy? There's a pizza guy? Yeah, there's some like big Italian guy with a giant mustache. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that was my favorite, actually. Then there, was, then there was the Grimace ripoff. Yeah, I remember just a big purple thing. Yeah. Is it like a purple Sasquatch? I think his name thing? was Purple. Purple. <laughs> Merple. <laughs> purple the Merple? <laughs> his, name, his name was Merple the Purple. <laughs> my dad was Purple. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're idiots. <laughs> and that's why people love us. Is it? <laughs> yes, they pity us. <laughs> so, Five Nights at Freddy's, coming at you. Yeah, directed by Chris Columbus for some reason. Because why not? He's got nothing better to do, really. So while we're on the subject of bears, um, or, you know, teddy bears to an extent, um, we got a new film coming out from Joe Dante, or produced by Joe Dante, I should say, um, called Teddy Bears Are For Lovers. Sounds romantic. Doesn't it? Um... It's going to be directed by Michael bon, Bonvillian or Bon Bonvillain 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 Bonvillain. Ooh, that's not a good cover. We figured you out, guy. <laughs> um, yeah, Bonvillain. <laughs> that's like yes. My name is Rex Ruther. <laughs> I don't believe you. You're Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Guys, Jeff Bezos is Lex Luthor. It's it's like it's he's Bezos. He's going to kill Superman. <laughs> That's going to happen. Right. It's funny though because you know Jeff Bezos seems like such a good guy, but so did Lex Luthor until Superman came along. <laughs> like he built a mech suit. That's real. What? You haven't seen his mech suit? No. Oh, we're we're, we're doing this now. We're going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> God. Oh, wait, Lex Luthor. Yeah, I know Lex Luthor. I thought, oh, you, shit. I thought you were talking about Jeff Bezos. I was. Oh. Well, then, yeah, we got to see this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it looks like Ed 209. I don't know what that is. From RoboCop? Oh. You have five seconds to comply. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is is going to take over the world. Does he know something we don't? 
he probably knows lots of things we don't. The guy has has a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> he made a million dollars. Anyway, anyways, back so back this movie is going to be directed by Michael Bond villain, um, who was the cinematographer for Cloverfield, Zombieland, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Um, no directing credits. To I feel like cinematographer can. It, that's a pretty direct transition. Yeah, I mean, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, just coming off of working on They Reach, which is obviously an independent thing, so it's it's probably done much differently, much smaller to, scale. Yeah. Um. So there's probably a lot of overlap, but I could definitely say that our cinematographer, um, James, definitely did a lot of directing himself. You know, kind of alongside Silas. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so what's this movie about, you ask? I do ask. Um, during a campus-wide Valentine's Day party. Who, Sweet, found next year's Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> and follows... Wait. It, oh, it takes place oh, It takes during, place during a campus-wide val- Valentine's Day party and follows college playboy Colin. Sounds like a douche. And his current heads over heels. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and his current head over heels girlfriend Sarah, as they are targeted by a group of bloodthirsty but adorable teddy bears, who come to life seeking revenge for the broken hearts of Colin's ex girlfriends. This sounds like, uh, like, I don't know. This sounds very familiar. I mean, like, eliminate the teddy bear aspect, and this sounds very familiar. I can't place it. Hmm. I don't know. Doesn't sound funny to me. Anyway, um, together the couple must evade the teddy bears and earn the forgiveness of these begrudged and wildly different ex-girlfriends before the sun rises in order to break the curse, all the while confronting whether the, their current relationship is meant to be. That sounds like disgustingly romantic comedy. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got a really, like, just put the gore factor and violence into overdrive on that to even make it resemble a horror movie. Well, I mean, you know, Joe Dante's last movie was Burying the X, and that was pretty much a romantic comedy. But it had a lot of, like, zombie violence in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if they do it that way. Or not so much violence, but a lot of zombie gore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. But, I mean, you know, this Bond villain, he uh, he comes off of a lot of... Well, I mean, you know, Zombieland was, you know, a zombie horror comedy. Zomcom. Yeah. Cloverfield was not. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, so Dante is calling it a really offbeat comedy horror project that has some affinities with gremlins. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I mean. You got a number of smaller creatures and... Just uh, just attacking you. Yeah. I wonder how they come to the 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 resolution or revelation um that uh these bears are attributed to his ex girlfriends. Yeah, I don't know. And it says it's a curse. So it's like is this a curse that all his did all his ex girlfriends like band together and start a coven or something? Yeah. I don't like I, I don't know. But and how many ex girlfriends does he have? Oh so many. He's a playboy. But even still, like, like are we? Are, I feel like you'd have to really stretch the definition of a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like, because me, I I have, what, like, I think I could probably count my ex-girlfriends on one hand. So, you know, I mean, I don't call myself a playboy. <laughs> Others have, but, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Um, Bond villain says, I don't know if it's Bond villain or Bond villain. I'm, I'm going with Bond villain. Okay. Uh, he says that it has the, the right balance of humor, scares, and emotions, and an absolutely horrifying and hilarious thrill ride. You can't be horrifying and hilarious. It just doesn't work. You got to be one or the other. Yeah. Like most horror comedies are, they're, they're not scary. No. They have horror elements to them, but the the overall tone is is more comedy than than horror. Yeah, it's like um, you know, if you have a glass of water, if you even put like a drop of dye in it, it's going to turn that color, and you have to add so much more water to it to even get rid of that. But that 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 color is still going to be in there. So it that's. That's basically what like adding comedy or horror is. Did you just come up with that on the spot? Yes. That was a really good analogy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Joe Dante. I mean, like, I don't know. I know a lot of people didn't like uh, burying the X, but I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, we did review it. If you want to go back and check out episode <laughs> Mr. Black. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see what we thought of that. Anyway, uh, we don't know when this is coming out. Nope. Pro- probably not in time for next Valentine's Day, but maybe. Who knows? There's still a lot of the year left. Uh, but it does sound like they're just still in like pre-production. Yeah. So keep an eye out. For that. So R.L. Stein is presenting a new book. It's not his book, he's not writing it. But he's presenting it. It's an but he's getting paid for it <laughs> somehow. His name is on the cover. Uh, it's R.L. Stein presents Scream and Scream Again. Mm. It is a harrowing array of scary stories that all have one thing in common. Each either begins or ends with a scream. Okay. Judging by the title, shouldn't they do both? One would think. Uh, Scream and Scream Again is full of twists, turns, dark corners, and devilish revenge. Collected in conjunction with the Mystery Writers of America, the set includes works from New York Times bestselling authors, telling tales of wicked ice cream trucks, time-traveling heroes, witches and warlocks, and of course, haunted houses. This is going to feature 20 never-before-published stories from uh, Chris Grabenstein. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nickname that the... Local Bobbies would come up for a groper. Yeah. <laughs> Local Bobbies? <laughs> you know, the Flatfoots. <laughs> the gumshoes? Yeah. He's the uh, the ponytail something. <laughs> uh, Wendy Corsio Staub, Heather Graham. Heather Graham? Ooh. Probably not that Heather Graham. Probably right? not that Heather Graham. 
not Dr. Molly Clock. Uh, Peter Larangus, R.L. Stein, Bruce Hale, Emily Layborn, Steve Hawkinsmith, Lisa Morton, Ray Daniel, Beth Fantasky, Phil Matthews, Carter Wilson, Doug Levin, Jeff Soloway, Joseph S. Walker, Allison McMahon, Daniel Palmer, Tanya Hurley, and Stephen Ross. I want to know something. I want to know everything. I don't know any of those people, except for Arl I know Arl Stein, and I know Heather Graham, but probably a different one. But probably a different Heather Graham. Yeah, I know Miss Twin Peaks. <laughs> what else has Heather Graham been in? Boogie Nights. <laughs> Booby Nights. Uh, this is going to be coming out July 24th, 2018, just in time for my birthday. Hey. I don't want it. Don't, don't get it for me. Uh, I already got it for you. It's not even out yet. You pre-ordered? I got it. <laughs> got, it got it on Goodreads. Yep, I got it from got it from a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. Are you interested in this? I mean, sure. But I mean, it's not something I'm going to run right out and buy. I, it doesn't really say whether or not it's going to be like a you know young adult or ch- child. That's oriented. true. Because you think R.L. Stein, you think Goosebumps, and even uh, Fear Street. You know, Fear Street was his older young adult stuff. Yeah. Steered more towards young adults and teenagers, but not necessarily adults. Right. I feel like he did write one or two adult-themed books, and neither one really did very well. I think you're right. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember much more beyond the fact that yeah, I think those exist. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm with some, you. I don't know. I don't know who any of these authors are. So. Something you know, things like Wicked Ice Cream Trucks. Makes me think children, but you know that sounds like it sounds like something goosebumps adjacent. Yeah, but you know something like time traveling heroes, witches and morlocks, and haunted houses that that really, could be anything. that could be anything. Yeah. So, so anyway, I mean, if you're a big R.L. Stein fan, this is something to look out for. Uh, I, I, again, I don't know why he's presenting this. I don't know if he like went out and got all these stories from these people or what. But R.L. Stein presents Scream and Scream Again, July twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. world has a problem, Taylor. The world has a lot of problems. <laughs> well, yeah. I should say the Sci-Fi Channel has one glaring problem that's been going on for many years now. I think it's, I think it's pronounced Sivia now. Sivia. Sivia. <laughs> Excuse me. Sivia. <laughs> Is it French? Yes. Or Italian? It's French for shitty movies. <laughs> I don't know. They got that Krypton show coming. It, it looks like it. I don't know. Might be good. I don't know. It's pro- probably not. It probably don't. Probably won't be. I mean, I, I know you don't follow this up, but do you know the premise of it at all? Is it a Superman show? Yeah, that's yeah. I just guessed that. Okay, it's it's basically like there's this character in DC Comics. Um, I never really knew him as a tra- time traveler, but apparently he travels to the distant past and goes to Krypton and finds Superman's grandfather says hey brainiac which is an ongoing dc villain um is coming to krypton and or he's yeah he's coming to krypton and you need to stop him um otherwise superman will never exist and superman's like your your grandson and he's the greatest hero that ever lived um 
So I don't know. It, it could be good. I, I saw glimpses of Brainiac, and he looks kind of awesome. So they had Blood Drive, which was pretty. It was. I mean, it wasn't wasn't something I would like tune into every week, but I watched it on their app, and it, it was all right. It was very uh, grindhousey. Yeah, I never watched it, um, but like I knew James Roday like wrote it or produced it or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Um, and uh, my dad watched it, and he said that it like he hoped it was he said it looked like it had a lot of promise but like he was trying really hard to watch it and just it was it's just, very over the top yeah it's it's really over the top and ridiculous and just the story is not cohesive at all so it's really hard to follow i mean that's what he said so mm. yeah, I don't know. anyway um but back to the subject at hand <laughs> um so they're making another fucking Sharknado movie. I don't know why. Because people keep watching them. Yeah, I guess. People need to stop. They're not Stop encouraging stop. this. They're not going to stop. Can't stop, won't stop. People watching Sharknado... Is a drug. Is like the same net result of having Donald Trump in the White House. <laughs> Like you, you, by watching Sharknado, guys, you are doing damage to the Earth. It, it's almost like you're polluting the atmosphere. <laughs> I know that's a stretch, but think about it, and it makes sense. It's like what I've heard Chris, doing crystal meth is like. Like when you're on it, you just feel terrible. <laughs> but for some reason, they just want to do it again. <laughs> So, yes, so sixth, sixth Sharknado movie, guys. Um, uh, the synopsis here. Um, oh, God, this sounds really bad. All is lost, or is it? Finn, who is Ian's earring. Ian. No, he's Ian. <laughs> uh, Finn unlocks the time-traveling, time-traveling power of the Sharknados. What? Is, is this a thing? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think the only tornado type thing that I've ever seen have something similar to that power is the one that took Dorothy to Oz. <laughs> um,. So he unlocks the time-traveling power of the Sharknados in order to save the world and resurrect his family. In his quest, Finn fights Nazis, dinosaurs, knights, and he even takes a ride on Noah's Ark. What the fuck? This time... Wait, were there two sharks on Noah's Ark? They were probably in the water. Arknado. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> this time, it's not how to stop the Sharknados. It's when. <laughs> Sounds so bad. I, I hope he fails. Oh, yeah, like, is Tara Reed dead now? Oh, no, wait, sorry, there's more to this. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's more to this. Tara Reed, Ian Ziering, and Cassie Skirbo? Sherbo? Serbo? 
Kevin Serbo. So that's Serbo. I don't care. Oh, she was on. She was in Bring It On. Bring It On, in it to win it. I don't know that. Not even the first one. Nobody's ever what. Nobody's ever watched that in their lives. I, I tell you, though, I like her. She looks smart. <laughs> um. Yeah, Sharknado Six will premiere on July twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. Oh, just in time for my birthday. <laughs> I don't want it. You got a shitty birthday. Don't get it. <laughs> I'm gonna rent it for you on Amazon. Send you a gift or send you a gift card. Like only to be used for Sharknado. <laughs> you know it's gonna get some stupid punny subtitle. Oh yeah, they're all stupid. Like what was the last one? Wasn't it Oh Hell No or something like that? I think that was the one before it. <laughs> I know that the tagline for the last one was Make America Bait Again. <laughs> Which was actually pretty funny. Oh, Global Swarming. Oh, right. Oh, hell no, it was the third one. Yeah. Because the fourth one was The Fourth Awakens. Ugh. How fucking awful. <laughs> I can't even begin to describe my hatred for this. Like, are they... I mean, they're fucking with us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know anymore. It's like they're going, how can we make this worse? Like, how do we make people stop watching? It's like, I don't, time travel? <laughs> sure, fuck it. Well, it's just, it's, it's almost like they're like, we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> the possibilities are endless because people will still watch it. And who's the Z-list celebrities they're going to get? I don't know. Like, I who's think, left? Yeah, it seems like they've run out. Unless they're just bringing back the all-stars. The all-stars like Jerry Springer and Mark Cuban. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the... Did they ever put David Hasselhoff in one? Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, they never did that uh, that Bayer tidal wave with um, Oliver Platt. <laughs> nope, they never did. Still waiting on that one. Bayer tidal wave. Wasn't uh, Oliver Platt play God or something? Yep. <laughs> It is like, be gone. Be gone. <laughs> no more Sharknados. Oh, neat. Okay, let's move on. Oh, you don't want to talk anymore about Sharknado? Do we have to? Nope. <laughs> Some say we're born into the grave. I feel so So in a bizarre new development, a piece of work from one Mr. Stephen King is being adapted into visual media. What? I know. What? Unheard of what? in this day and what? age. Uh, Stephen King's The Boner Church <laughs> is headed to TV. <laughs> it's, it's just The Bone Church, guys. It's not Boner, grow up. The Boner Church is the, the porn version <laughs> that will undoubtedly come out. Yeah. I'm sure the Steve, next day. I'm sure Stephen King knockoffs are probably in high demand. I mean, I'm sure there's probably one called like Doing It. <laughs> uh, and like The Rimming. <laughs> so The Shining. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah you did. Because I explained it to you. 
Uh, I hate you. <laughs> the Bone Church was a narrative poem, first published in 2009. Okay. A, a poem. Poem. Pretty sure Stephen King could like sign his name at this point, and people will make it into a movie. <laughs> Uh, though he did later revise it and publish it as part of the anthology The Bazaar of Bad Dreams. I haven't read that one. So you're not familiar with The Bone Church? No, I'm not. Well, let me tell you. In it, an adventurer organizes an expedition deep into a vast jungle land. Jungle land. To locate the mythic Bone Church. Bone they, Church. They, they discover a secret not meant for the eyes of strangers. They should have gone there then. There's boners. <laughs> so many boners everywhere. <laughs> so they can't even handle it. <laughs> Only three of the 32 travelers escaped with their lives in a tale narrated by one of the survivors who tells stories from a bar stool to patrons who will buy him drinks. So do they just spoil the end? Do we need to not need to see it anymore? I don't think that's the end. I think that's just like the whole overarching. Hmm. So the whole thing is just like flashbacks from this one dude. So it's like who may or may not be drunk. <laughs> Sounds like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. A little except bit. It's like, except they're the, with boners. In, 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 yep. <laughs> Rhyme of the Ancient Boner. Uh, this is going to be... This has been acquired by Cedar Park Entertainment to be developed into a TV show. Uh, Cedar Park Entertainment includes producer Chris Long, not Super Bowl champion Chris Long, but uh, he produced Mr. Mercedes, the other Stephen King TV adaptation. Which I heard was pretty good. I didn't see it because it's on fucking AT&T's private channel. Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, but his partner is directed David Ayer, who is best known for directing Suicide Squad oh, no. and Bright. Bright. That Will Smith Netflix show that everyone hates. Oh. That's still getting a sequel. Because they were like, yeah, you watched it. <laughs> like how that's how like how Netflix keeps justifying things. Yeah. People are like, everyone's like, oh man, Cloverfield Paradox was so fucking bad. And they're like, oh, two million people watched it out night of the Super Bowl. So fuck you. <laughs> we got ours. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you hate it. You watched it. Sucker. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so yeah, any, uh, any excitement going into this pretty much goes out the window when David Ayer's name comes up. Oh, I know. The guy has no idea how to put together a movie. He's got stink on him. Huh? He's got stink on him. He does. He got a lot of stink. Especially Suicide Squad. Suicide stink. <laughs> got him. <laughs> not, my, not my best work. No? Was it? <laughs> not, not as good as uh, as, as Boner Church. <laughs> You're right. That was your... Uh, my opus. Your opus. <laughs> my tour de force. Um, interesting that this is going to be a TV show. I, I mean, I assume each episode will kind of be a different, uh, different tale from this drunk. And it says, I mean, it says three of the thirty-two travelers escaped. So that's that's twenty-nine stories you got right there. That's that's at least you know that could be three seasons. I mean, yeah, I suppose. I think it might get a little redundant if you keep retelling the same journey for. 32 episodes. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when it's directed by a, a hack. <laughs> I mean, is he actually directing? I don't know. There's no earthly way of knowing. Right. Okay. So anyway, 
That's horror business. Fun times. Fun stuff, guys. Did you have fun? So much fun. Not asking you. Oh, sorry. No, I'm asking you. You're the only person here. Yeah, yeah, I had fun. Okay. No, we can't. You want to press on to our next feature? Let's do it. Okay. Let's talk about some movies. All right, so last episode, we said that this was going to be our salute to Kane Hodder. Um, We were going to be reviewing Victor Crowley, Adam Green's fourth installment into the Hatchet film series, and the new movie being called the, what's kind of like not accurate apparently, but the Expendables of Horror, Death House. We hit a snag (laughs) because earlier this week, they announced that Death House is being pushed back to the summer. So we got fucked out of seeing it again. Well, thank you, Black Panther. Yeah, apparently every theater in America has decided to hold over Black Panther. And so Death House is getting pushed. And it was supposed to launch in like 100 cities, I think, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. And instead, now it's they're going to have their debut on March 2nd in, I think, New York. I thought it was like or South Carolina be. or something. Carolina. No, I think it was either New York or LA. And then like two or three days later, they were going to open to like three more cities. Well, I know they're having uh, some kind of premiere in the director's hometown, which I, I thought was in like South Carolina. Oh, that's possible. I don't know. But it went from being like a hundred cities to being like four. Yeah. We're still going to get it apparently, but it's going to be in like July. Is that what it was? Uh, it's going to be in on home video and I believe Netflix in July. Oh, I thought they were still going to release them in theaters. They are. It's going to be released in theaters in April, I believe. Oh, okay. But at this point, I'm just like, just just tell me when it's out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to follow it anymore. Like just, I keep getting disappointed. Just tell me when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's this, like the third pushback? At least. We've been waiting since last year to see this, guys. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the first time? It was last summer? I think so. And then, it got, then they said it was going to be like, what, Halloween time? Yep. And now... Now they said it was going to be February, February and then and then now fucking what, April slash July. So awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Marvel. <laughs> Thanks for making a really kick-ass movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's really good. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Apparently, it beat out Deadpool for opening weekend. Really? Yeah. So that's something. Anyway, but so we called an audible, picked a different movie. One that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, but which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Well, let's start with that one. It's, um, like Tony said, a lot of people talking about it. And it was something I knew I could get really easily, really quickly. Uh, it's a brand new movie just hit Netflix called The Ritual. Rob would have loved this place. He's a good man. The best of us. You know where they have walking trails in England? Pubs. Come on, man. Where's your soul? Ah! Oh, oh, it's twisted. It's twisted. All right, yep. Oh, easy, oh. easy. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. Or through the forest. Yeah, why not? I should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. 
Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here? Could be hunters out here. Or bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. Where the hell are we, Huts? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. a nightmare film. Well, what happened to you then? We got spooked and we had bad dreams, all right? I woke up last night. Look, look at this. Nothing has done that to you. You've done it to yourself. Why do you have to deny everything like that? Because I, I do not value your judgment. We need to be working together, man. So this movie is, uh, it's about a group of friends named Phil, Dom, Hutch, Luke, and Rob. Rob. And they're all get, getting ready for a night out on the town. But, you know, first thing they got to do, they got to hit the liquor store. Well, it sounds like, actually, I mean, it semantics doesn't really matter, but it looks like they're actually finishing up their night. Oh. Never mind. Not important. Maybe they went out and they hit the town. Now they're going to go home, but they, they want to keep getting drunk. Yeah. They just want to get blackout. So they hit the liquor store. Let's get blood too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they hit the liquor store, and as Luke and Rob are in the liquor store, it gets robbed by these two dudes with machetes. Did they have machetes? At least one of them did. One had a pipe. Did they all have a machete? I think. I mean, I didn't catch that. But well, Rob gets killed by the guy with the machete. That was definitely a pipe. He got hit in the head with a pipe. No, he got his face slashed first. That was a pipe, man. You don't get slashed with a pipe. It busted open his skin. Mm. It was not a machete. Trust well, me, I know machetes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, in the, while they're in there, Rob, uh, Luke goes and hides. <laughs> like a little bitch. And Rob's just like, here's my money. Here's my watch. Yeah. Take whatever like, you want. I mean, it's like the... I felt like when they went in... And when they realized what was going on, it was it was very real, I felt like. Yeah. Um I mean there wasn't a lot of bravado, especially from Luke. Um but it's like they're just standing there chit chatting and Luke happens to look over and see the cashier girl. She's bleeding from the face and she's like crouched like like but like um curled up behind the uh behind the register. And then, yeah, from the back room comes the two people that are robbing the place, and 
And I don't know, that whole, that whole thing just seemed very, very real. And it kind of, I think felt like it, it's kind of struck me like inside because it's like, God, I mean, would I react that way? Would I like hide or just freeze like uh, um, Rob? Rob? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things you don't really know how you would react until you're in the situation. Exactly. You can, you can think, you know, oh, I would do this, I'm sure, but you don't know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so Rob says, you know, here's my here's my wallet, here's my watch, take whatever you want. Just, you know, take it and, and go, leave me alone. And they're like, well, give us your ring. And he's like, no, that's my wedding ring. I, I can't give that to you. That's that's mine. That's very important to me. I See, that's where I was like, dude, just give him the ring. So was I. <laughs> it's like, I especially like you're you're a man. Like I assume you have like a gold band. It, yeah. It's not like you have some giant fucking diamond exactly. on your finger. It's like I spent like you know, four digits. Like I don't, I don't remember exactly how much I spent on my wife's ring, but she's probably not listening, so it's fine. No, I I, I genuinely like it was Somewhere between a thousand and two thousand. I don't remember exactly how much, um, but I spent a, a lot of money on her ring. It's kind of irrepra- irre- irreplaceable, um, but it's insured. This ring that I'm wearing, yeah, I treasure it. It's special to me, but this costs like two hundred dollars. Yeah, take my fucking not worth ring. your life. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean even if it's you know engraved or whatever, like you can get another one. It's like I will get a new ring. Take this one. Yeah. <laughs> Take my pants. What, what else do you want? Like, fuck. Uh, but yeah, he, he says, no, I can't give it to you. So he, he gets hit in the face with some kind of object. <laughs> um, and just, just gets bludgeoned. And the whole time, Luke is just, he's sitting there cowering. And he, he's holding a bottle thinking, you know, can I do this? Can I fight them? Yeah. And he, eventually he just decides, nope. The way he was holding it, he's holding by the neck. It reminded me of, um, I think it was an episode of Tosh.0. <laughs> where he's there, the video clip they're talking about is this guy in, um, I want to say it was like Germany or something, but this guy, he's in a, like a convenience store, you know, it's a security footage like shot from over the shoulder of the, the cashier. This guy at the counter puts up a bottle of wine or liquor or something. And the guy's cashing him out. And like, you know, the cashier will, like, turn away just to do something. Can't really see what he's doing, but he turns away. And, like, every time he does, the guy, like, reaches up and, like, grabs a bottle by the neck. Like, but, like, like backhanded. And, like, Tosh is like, there's only one reason you grab a bottle that way. Yeah, you're <laughs> going like, to hit somebody with that's it. It's like, you know what this guy is doing before he even actually does it. <laughs> and then, yeah, eventually he does pick the bottle up and just crack the cashier over the head with it. <laughs> but, anyway. I just, I, it was a very serious and kind of dark part of the movie but i couldn't help but laugh because i kept thinking of that but so then we flash forward to uh what is it a year six months okay uh and the 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 remaining group of friends are going out to the woods to honor rob they're not like spreading his ashes are they they're just kind of having a a ritual and (laughs) well it's like at the beginning they're all sitting in a pub and talking about what they want to do for like a guy's weekend yeah or just you know, get away as, as friends. It seems like something they do annually or, or however much uh, or however often. They're talking about like, oh, let's go, let's go to Ibiza, <laughs> um, or you know, let's go to Tuscany, Amsterdam, Amsterdam. You know, these kind of places where you, I guess, ma- imagine people in the European area. Yeah, they'll go for a weekend. That's like something you commit to when you live in the U.S. But <laughs> over there, I imagine it's a little simpler. 
Um, but uh, then it's actually Rob that says, hey, why don't we go hiking in Sweden? And he says there's this trail called the King's Trail. It's a, it's a beautiful hike through the hills. Um, and so when Rob is killed, like right before that scene, they're still like just bickering and talking about what they want to do. And so, yeah, now we jump ahead six months. And I imagine they've just, they're going on this hike to kind of honor him. Yeah. And they, they get up to this clearing and they like put a picture of him up and they all kind of drink from this flask and pour out, pour out, you know, one for the homie, one for the homie. And, uh, so then they're on their way back and they, they come across this rundown old cabin and they decide, you know, it's, it's getting late. We're not going to be able to make it back before night. Let's stay in this cabin. So they break into this cabin, (laughs) uh, and, it's it's completely empty, but it's it's really like a creepy looking cabin. But in the attic is this statue thing, and it's like a wicker person, but with no head and antlers for hands. Yeah, and it's really fucking bizarre and gives all of them the heebie-jeebies. Um, which, by the way, I looked it up and I read several things about it, and I've seen people say I I've heard that being a racist term, but I. Don't believe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> it's like saying you got gypped. It's like, is anybody really offended by that? <clears throat> but anyways, this this thing in the attic gives them the creeps. and But they, they're like, yeah, whatever. So they, they go to bed and everybody has a bad dream. Uh, Gonna have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> we mostly focus on Luke's whose nightmare surrounds the night at, at the liquor store. Yeah. And he kind of relives the the moment. It's it's interesting the way they do that though, because he's they're sleeping in, he's sleeping in the cabin, and you can see like the flash of lightning flashing. It's really face. cool. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like the the lightning flashes and the light just stays on. Yeah, and it's like the, the fluorescent light. Yeah, he gets up and yet he walks out the door of the cabin, but as he's doing that, he's walking into the convenience store. But I like how the fl- the ground of the store was like dirt and, and mm-hmm. you know moss and, and sticks and shit. That was cool. Yeah. And uh, when he wakes up, he has like these puncture marks in his chest. Yeah. And they, everybody kind of freaks out because they're all having these nightmares. And uh, I think it's, uh, is it Phil? Um, that was praying to it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's, is he naked? Yeah. Okay. I can tell if he was naked or just shirtless, but he's naked praying to this, this effigy thing in the in the attic and he kind of wakes up halfway through it and he's like i have no idea why i was doing that Mm -hmm. yeah phil waked up or woke up or he was because uh luke woke up outside still like he woke up from his dream standing outside and he hears uh um hotch or hutch is it hutch or hutch Hot Hutch um, hears him screaming from inside, so he goes to wake him up, and like Hutch gets up, and he like kind of backs into a corner, and you can see he's like pissed himself because all up and down is like his stomach and his leg just piss everywhere. So they've they've not had a good night, right? <laughs> so they pack up, they hit the road, and uh, Dom is like, "Here's a trail. Trail means people, means civilization. We're taking this trail." 
and uh hutch is like this is the wrong way yeah he's like we need to go that way we need to go what'd you say southwest or something yeah but then he's like but whatever <laughs> and they're so they just start going oh I'm, i forgot to mention uh Dom fell down at one point, and so he's limping. He's hobbling around. Yeah. Torres meniscus. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Nobody's a doctor. None of these guys are doctors. They're, they're speculating. Did you see his knee? <laughs> Still. Without an x-ray, you can't be sure. He's like, nope, I've done it before. I know what it is. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm so steadfast in, in denying this, but... Uh, Clearly, you've never had a knee injury before. <laughs> um, so they're going through the the trail, and finally, uh, Luke just he's had enough of Dom, and he's like, you know, because they they say we got to go, we have to we have to move faster because we're losing daylight here. And Dom is like, well, you know, I'm I'm hurt, and they're like, you're you're a wuss, mm-hmm. man, the fuck up. Let's go. Because apparently he has a history of this kind of thing. You know, he's, I mean, he's married. He's a family man. And, you know, he's, he's, he's like from the start of the movie, you kind of pick him out as kind of like the bitch of the group. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where they have this big blowout, like between uh, Luke and, and Dom. Um, because Dom starts accusing Luke of not doing anything to, to save Rob. Yeah. It's like, you know, Luke says, uh, you know, we wouldn't even be here if it weren't for you. Because, you know, at this point, they're lost in the fucking woods. And they have, and they, oh, they've, they've seen like this deer hanging from the trees, gutted and ripped, you know, ripped open. And they're just like, what the fuck? And so they're just, they're fucking lost in the woods. They went down this trail and they have no idea where they are now. And so Luke says, yeah, we would not be here if it weren't for you. And Dom turns around and says, no, we would not be here if it weren't for you. Basically tracing this back to him. Because he, he knows that Luke basically bitched out when Rob was being beaten to death. Yeah, because he says, you came out of there without a spot of blood on you. Yeah. So they have they have a blowout, and Luke punches him in the face, and is like, I'm going to go up to that ridge, and I'm going to check it out and see what I can find. So he runs off, and he gets up there, and he, all he sees is more woods. But then he sees something coming through the trees, and it's got to be, what, 20 feet tall? Um, yeah, probably about that. You don't really, you don't really see 20. what it is, but you can see that it's like, you know, as tall as some of the trees and it's just plowing through these trees coming towards him. Mm-hmm. So he takes off running and he's like, we got to go. It's a big, just like quadrupedal thing. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like, they're doing a good job of not letting you see it. Yeah. Like you get like little glimpses of it and it's like enough to where you're like, what the fuck is that? Um, you know, we, we avoid spoilers for new movies, but I know that this movie is very ambiguous with its branding. So I will say, if you haven't watched this movie, maybe go watch it before hearing the rest of you. Because there's going to be things that, while not spoiling the end of the movie, might give things away that you don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I'll, I'll let you decide how far into the story you want to go. Yeah. Because <clears throat> well, I'm basing that on a bloody disgusting article that recently came out, and I read the comments. A lot of people were like, thanks for spoiling the movie, asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But so, because um, I guess a lot of people didn't know it was, this is going to be kind of a spoiler, but I guess people didn't know it was a monster movie. It, it really doesn't sell itself that way. Yeah. But and it, even even still, calling it a monster movie is a bit of a stretch. Does it have a monster in it? 
Yes, but is it a monster movie? Eh. Yeah, I'd say it's I more of a, not even necessarily satanic, but just kind of um, I don't know. Even calling it like a religious, even horror. calling it cultish, doesn't seem. Yeah, it's kind of all of them. Yeah, all mixed in. But so they they take off and they're they I guess at some point they decide that they're clear of whatever this thing is that's chasing them. And they find they find a tent, which just seemed a little too convenient to me. It's like buried in the ground, and they just pull it up. One of them like stepped on it or something, right? Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, it's a piece of cloth." And then they dig it up, and it's a tent. Yeah, but then there was also bones. Were there bones? There was. No, they found like a wallet and a shoe. But did they find bones? I, I thought there was at least body parts. I don't remember that, but. Not saying it didn't happen. Just yeah, I could, I could be wrong. Too. I don't know. But so they're like, okay, something is wrong here. This clearly, this person is probably dead. Right. Who knows where their body is? But it's it's nighttime. We're not going to make it any farther. We're going to sleep here in this tent that we just found. Or at least one of them sleeps in this tent. I guess they all had their own tent. Yeah. But so that night they all have. Uh, bad dreams again and again we focus on Luke and it's you know the same kind of dream and again it's really cool how it's done how they mix in the the woodland area with the liquor store yeah and it's like you know we we go back to the store this convenience store several times and it seems like each time there's less and less of the store yeah um like you know The first time, yeah, the the floor was still like the forest floor, but there were walls, you know, there were aisles, distinct aisles, there's a register stand, um, you know, the the shelves, all that was, all the entire store was there except for the the ground. Um, Now, this time, it seems like there's some walls missing. And then the next time, it seems like all the walls are missing. The only thing that's really still there. Is just this fluorescent lighting that kind of like you can't really even see where it's coming from. It's just kind of there, and just the the aisle dividers. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Luke wakes up and he finds out that well, he wakes up because Phil starts screaming. No, Hutch, Hutch starts screaming. No, you're right. You're right. It's Phil because he's out. Right, but what wakes Luke up is is Phil Phil's screaming. outside screaming, and then he like Luke wakes up and he's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, he goes to check, and Hutch isn't in his tent, and there's like a little blood stain too. So that's when they start freaking out, right? And so they <clears throat> they hit the trail, they keep walking, and they see Hutch impaled on a tree, just like the deer that they found earlier. Yeah, just eviscerated. Yeah, just gutted open. And uh, they start going ahead and uh, eventually, yeah, I guess we can keep going. Uh, Phil gets taken and has a, a similar <clears throat> similar fate. And so now we're down to just uh, Luke and Dom. Yeah. And they come across this village. And uh, 
there's all these just really weird people in there. It's kind of village of the damned, almost uh hills have eyes ish. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, I don't know. Wood woods people. I mean, like yeah. hill, uh, hill people. Yeah. Just very dirty and dingy looking. Um, I mean, like if you would almost like to look at them, guess that they were in some kind of cult. Yeah. And I mean, in a way they are, they apparently pray to this creature in the woods Mm -hmm. and they believe that it gives them everlasting life. And, uh, I guess that's kind of as far as I want to go. I don't want to give away the very end, but, um, the, you, you do finally get a good look at the creature and it's, it's kind of cool how they, they keep it hidden for so much of the movie and then they have this big reveal at the end yeah and even when you actually see it it's in the middle of the night so it's still even hard to see yeah and you don't get like a big clear image of this thing at any point yeah it's it's kind of a slow rollout too you see like a little bit more and more until finally you see the whole thing but yeah it it is night and it's dark yeah and i mean this it looks Like if you picture like a like you go, you know, go to a, like a history museum and you see like a skeleton of a mastodon or a mammoth, yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. Just very skeletal looking. But if you get when you do get a slightly better look at it, you realize it's not really skeletal at all, and it's it's head where it looks almost like a cross between an elephant and a deer, uh, in that it's got. It's got what look like tusks, and it's got these big, huge antlers on top it, of its head. It's the thing from the from the uh, attic, right? That yeah. was that was its head. Yeah, yeah. But the so the the weird thing about this construction is, like you said, it looks like it looks like an elephant head with antlers. You know, antlers or with uh, like tusks. But you get a better look at the tusks, and they're actually arms. Yeah. With with human hands, yeah, and they like move like and you know operate as human hands, right? Um, so I mean, you got to like where this thing looks like a kind of a quadrupedal thing. It's almost built more like a like a centaur type thing. Yeah, like it's basically its its head looks like a person with no head, antlers for hands and arms for legs. Yeah, pretty much. And then its eyes are kind of like in a hood. Where like a person's stomach or crotch would be. Right. And they're just like two little yellow dots. Yeah. And that's something that, because it takes the image of uh, other people. Yeah. That's the other thing is you, is you find out that it, it's, you know, it messes with your mind. It's the one making them have all these dreams and yeah, it can project things into your mind. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there are, there are people <clears throat> in these visions and they have these glowing yellow eyes. It's just like, okay, well, I mean, that's clearly just a hallucination. But you realize once this creature, once you see this creature has those glowing yellow eyes, it's like, oh, it's been this creature the entire time impersonating other people. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not really like anything else. No, monster wise. Yeah. Like, I'm, I I watched this twice because the first time I was watching it and I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, so I didn't catch like those nuances and, but one thing that caught my attention on both times I watched it was just the appearance of the creature. Um, and it's just like, God, what, 
What sick bastard came up with this? Yeah, and how? Like, what, what do you start with and then, like, build to that? Like, Yeah. Yeah, because, like I said, it's got a big, huge body like an elephant. And it's got a head almost like an elephant. And it has, like, spines that come out of its spine. Did it? I didn't notice yeah. those. Okay. Um, but it's it's almost got, like, a, kind of like a dipped, like, back end, like, on its haunches. Like, uh, I don't know. Almost like a like a bear or maybe even like a dog. Yeah. So it's not like on four, you know, equal length legs. Right. It's yeah. I don't know, like think of uh if you ever seen like uh the like either actually seen it or seen pictures of uh the stage show of the Lion King and you know you've got <laughs> those people on those four stilts. Yeah. It's it's kind of built like almost like yeah. that. Anyway. Um yeah. What do you think? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it kind of funny that so many people are like raving about it because before they get to kind of the monster stuff, it reminds me a lot of Blair Witch. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought of it, I guess, but. <clears throat> and which, you know, everyone just shat all over. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, People are fickle. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, you know, it's like I, I watched it the first time. And like I said, I wasn't giving it my full attention. So I, I really needed to watch it a second time. I remember you texting me and being like, I don't see what the hype is about. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, still watching it again. Like I still don't like, it's good for sure. Mm -hmm. But people are just raving about it and I just, I don't get it, I guess. Um, I mean, I saw a lot of people like talking about like the creature effects and stuff, and it's like the creature looked cool, sure, yeah. But I don't know that the creature effects themselves were all that much to 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 look at. I mean, a lot of it was CGI, right? So it's like you know, you're not going to impress me with CGI like ever, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the few times when it was actual creature effects, like practical effects, there wasn't really a lot to it um so i don't know but i mean this the story was pretty good um the thing that i like like it's it's so hard to make a movie that you're going to sell as supernatural for the first you know half to two thirds and then reveal is actually a monster movie yeah it's hard to do that and keep it tonally similar so often there's this like big tonal shift you know like 10 cloverfield lane the the third act of that movie just turns into this bonkers action flick mm -hmm. that didn't fit with the rest of the movie at all. This one does a great job of keeping the same tone throughout the entire movie. It really does. Yeah, and it's like you know, you you, you go through this movie and one thing I think I don't, I don't think you mentioned it is when they find this cabin um they, you know, they sleep in it in the night and, you know, they realize, okay, well, this is not a place we need to be. We need to get the fuck out of here. And in the morning they go out and they see on the trees in the immediate oh, area, yeah. all these runic markings carved into the trees. Yeah. And they're just like, we should not be here. We right. should have never been here. <clears throat> um, and uh, that kind of carries its way through the movie because like you know, it does take place in Sweden. These are all British guys, but does it takes place in like 
the mountains of Sweden. Um, and uh, so, you know, you've got a lot of pagan and Norse beliefs in that area. Um, and so when, when you get closer to the end, you find out this creature is actually some kind of like uh, pagan god mm-hmm. of some sort that this, these people pray to. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's revealing too much. I would don't think so. Um, but. but yeah, it's so interesting how the story kind of shifts around that it goes from this, you know, it's all this mental, it's in your head kind of thing. And then it goes kind of into a monster movie. And then you go into this cult or whatever you want to call them, hill people. Mm-hmm. And then it still kind of circles back around to a monster movie. Yeah. But at the same time, it's all kind of, you know, the, like I said, the same tone, the same feeling, and it, it doesn't bounce around and it, it stays engaging the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, and there's that weird thing in the attic of the, the second cabin with all the the people. Oh, yeah. And they, that was never really. I don't, I don't know what that was. Yeah. It was never really delved into. I was kind it didn't of. didn't last long. Yeah. I was, like, I was watching it. I was like. What? <laughs> what is this? It did, like, it was so fucking hilarious, though. The way, like, Luke had that torch to kind of light the room, and like, those things started to move, and he's just like, <laughs> just very casually, just lit the thing on fire. Yeah, I was like, he did it once, and he was like, oh, okay, and he's like, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think I should burn like, these. Are you, are you gonna scream? <laughs> no. Okay. He's like, oh, I can't handle any more of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> uh, Luke is played by Rafe Spall. I also remember you texting me and saying, I can't take him seriously. No, I definitely can't. And that's why like everything I, they, like like that that I could even translate to being a little bit funny was just hilarious because I, I just picture him as either Noel, uh, Noel from um, Shaun of the Dead or... Seventeen. <laughs> What? 17. Right. Or, um, hello, mate. Or, and he, like he says, mate, a few times <laughs> in the movie. And the first time he says it, he's like, oh, come on, mate. It's like, ah, he did the thing. <laughs> hello, mate. And, um, yeah, so he, he's Noel in, um, Shaun of the Dead and in one of the Andes in Hot Fuzz. So it's like, I see the guy and that's all I picture. Yeah. So him in a serious role, it's just a little, a little hard for me to, to grasp i think he did good though he did he did i think all the acting is pretty good yeah it was i mean this is i don't i don't want to undersell it it was a very good movie Mm -hmm. um just what i don't understand is the way people are raving about it okay yeah i can understand that Mm. that's kind of like you know the way we were with like starry eyes sure it was like yeah this is a good movie but people are like oh my god this is amazing right it's it's, it's not but but it's still good i don't know i i really like this i found it really engaging i got really sucked into it yeah yeah i found myself like the second time watching it um i did find myself once i like sat down and i committed to watching it like actually paying attention to it i did feel like i was getting kind of wrapped up into it yeah oh and funny story i was watching it on my chromecast Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where uh luke is like all right on the count of three we're gonna get up and we're gonna run one, two, three. And all of a sudden, my Chromecast stopped casting. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I was like, 
I was like, is that it? Is it over? Like, is that the end? <laughs> it it would have been funny if it like froze <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, are they going to go? Are they going to go? <laughs> go, run. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, is that it? Is it over? I was like, that movie was only 45 minutes long. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, any any other things you want to? Um, well, I mean, this was directed by David Bruckner. Yeah, which I I just found that out. David Bruckner responsible for uh, the Siren section of Southbound. Um, what else did he do? Um, that was uh, from VHS, wasn't it? Oh, right. But he also did Southbound. Right. Yeah, two different things. I was combining them. Yeah. Um. Let's see the accident. Which one was that? In Southbound. Um I don't recall. Oh, it's the one where he um Oh the guy in the hospital? Hits, he hits the girl with the car and takes her to the hospital, yeah. That one's fucked up. It was good. Yeah, it was good. So yeah, okay. And David Breckner at one time attached to Friday the thirteenth. Right. Back when it was supposed to be a found footage film, right? Yeah, and he didn't want to do it, right? Or was that someone else? I think that might have been someone else, but I'm not sure. Yeah, like he's. <laughs> it's funny they they brought on David Bruckner to do found footage, or had it gone that way, if he they brought him on to do found footage, and he's like, oh, I don't really want to do found footage. <laughs> but you're like a found footage guy. <laughs> um, yeah, well directed, I thought. Yeah, um, I heard people saying if you like, if you listen with headphones, the the, the sound design is really good. I did not listen to it with headphones. And I've also, like, sound design's not something I pay a lot of attention to. Yeah, I, well, I have, I have surround sound, so, um, it, like, it's not headphones, so it's not, probably probably wasn't as clear as it would be if I was wearing headphones, but it sounded pretty good. Yeah. Um, it did create a very atmospheric feel. So. Cool. Good job, guys. <laughs> um. And I mean, you know, it's it's on Netflix. So if if you have Netflix, it's it's easy to acquire. Um, I don't know if it's available on any kind of VOD. Probably not. I think I would think Netflix would want exclusive rights for that. Yeah, I don't think Netflix typically has their movies on VOD. Uh, I, but it's still in theaters in the UK. Is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go, indeed. Cool. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I I think. I, w- I would recommend it for sure. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Back to halves, huh? Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked it. And um, I mean, no, no, no real complaints, I guess. Just, uh, I don't know. I, like, I, I feel like I want to give it a seven, but I, I can't find any like real justification not to give it like an eight. See, I thought about giving it an eight, but I don't know. It just felt like I was comparing it to other movies that I think I've given eight, and I'm just like, I don't think it's as good as that. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why I went seven and a half. If there was one thing I would have changed, it would like there would have been more practical creature effects rather than the CGI. So, yeah, I'll do seven, I guess. Okay. Still, that's that's a that's a recommend for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a solid flick, guys. And like Taylor said, I mean, if you have Netflix, there's really no reason not to watch it. Yeah, and <laughs> if you don't have Netflix, then you know, call your mom, <laughs> borrow her account. That's yeah. what we do. 
Is that what you do? Yeah. Oh. Well, like we use my mother-in-law's Netflix account and her, my wife's dad uses um, our Hulu account. So that's fair trade. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's that. There it is. All right. Next up on the docket is, like I said earlier, the fourth entry into Adam Green's Hatchet series, and that's Victor Crowley. Get back to the boat. Run, run back to the boat right now, Sue! What? What? We're about to meet the only guy to ever see Victor Crowley and live to tell about it. They take us and a small camera crew and a host and they fly us in the private network jet. Okay, I've told you a thousand times, I'm never going back to that swamp. They offered 600,000. Minor issue with our right engine. Would you like Exanix, Ambien, Valium, Oxy? I've got heaviest stuff if you want. Hey, there's people out there, thank God! Your plane has crashed. We're gonna get you all help. That thing in the woods has done itself. It's coming for all of us. Look, see? I don't even think it's a motion sensor. I think it's on a time off. She's coming back! Austin's dead. Dude, I'm right here. Austin's alive. Go to hell, you ugly bastard! We are so dead. Okay, so this movie, um, we've talked about it before, is... uh, So, Adam Green directed and wrote all three of the original Hatchet movies. Um, and he directed the first two. I, f- I forget who directed Hatchet Three, but it wasn't him. Um, and it was actually a big step for him, allowing somebody else to take creative control over one of his properties. Um, but uh, this B.J. McDonald and Robert Green Hall. Oh, there are two directors. Apparently, interesting. Um, but yeah, so this was uh. Adam Green's return to the director's chair. Um, first movie he's directed since um, Digging Up the Marrow. Okay, well, it's, sorry, IMDb just says BJ McDonald. I wonder if the other guy was like maybe second unit or something. Maybe. Um, anyway, so uh, this movie was kind of released, or actually completely filmed in secret. Nobody knew, except for maybe like, Adam Green's inner circle, and obviously the people in the movie, nobody knew that this was happening. Um, and so 
last year was the 10th anniversary of the first Hatchet film. And so at the Arclight Cinema in Hollywood, <clears throat> um, he was going to do a 10th anniversary screening of the first Hatchet. So it's a big, you know, big, exciting thing. Um, lots of celebrities and, you know, cast members in attendance. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think Adam Green likes to make his screenings like kind of a, a, an event. So there, I imagine there are a lot of festivities going on. But so they finally all sit down to watch the movie. And Adam Green comes out on stage, probably just to, you know, introduce the film and say, thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. But he comes out and says, so I've got a surprise for you guys. We're not watching Hatchet tonight. Tonight we're watching the fourth Hatchet movie, Victor Crowley. So enjoy. It was so funny because I remember watching uh, Bloody Disgusting uh, broadcasting live from mm -hmm. the red carpet. And the um, the interviewer, every person she talked to, she was like, do you, do you think that there will ever be a Hatchet 4? And there's even people like... I don't know if there's people in this, but there's people from the previous movies, and they were all, you know, like, oh, I hope so. That would be great. I think I think people would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I remember Richard Reilly being like, yeah, I would, I would love to see a Hatchet 4. Absolutely. <laughs> and I just wonder if they knew. He made a million dollars. I just wonder if they knew that this was, that, you know, that's what was happening that night. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, Adam Green has, especially just in his, you know, his tirades about, piracy and you know the way he's been so close to the vest with all of his movies ever since piracy has become an issue for him um i mean like when he was showing digging up the marrow he went on a he went on a personal tour where he carried the only reel in existence <laughs> um and he carried that from theater to theater himself um so i have to imagine that in filming this movie just to keep it secret because he's so concerned with, I mean, as I think a lot of filmmakers are concerned with spoilers. Um, I doubt he told anybody that wasn't directly involved with the film. Yeah, I can see that. So anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, this was, uh, shown for the very first time. It was supposed to be the 10th anniversary screening of the first hatchet movie. Um, and, uh, then he went on tour with it. Came everywhere, or went everywhere in the country except for here, seemed like. <laughs> seemed like, but that's because that's all we were looking for. No. I don't think he went any farther west than, like, Texas. He was in New Orleans. New Orleans is farther east than Texas. Wait. You said further west. Oh. Yeah. Where we are. We're on the west coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart <laughs> Except for the premiere at Arclight, obviously, but... Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. He didn't come here, and that's all I care actually, about. No, I'm sure he probably did do multiple shows in California, so I actually I take that back. I'm sure he, he lives there, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, and what pissed me off is that they he the, the screening in New Orleans was... I think it was on Halloween, and I was there like a week and a half before Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> when they announced those dates, I'm like, shit! Anyway... So, let's talk about the movie, shall we? Let's. <laughs> so, this starts in 1964. Um, and this is... It opens like a cold open. Yeah. And we've got a couple sitting out uh, in a rowboat out in the swamp. Because swamps are so romantic. Actually, 
to be true, to be honest, now that I've actually seen like an actual swamp, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like if you're just the to, light bouncing off the swamp gas. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you weren't, you know, worried about being eaten by crocodiles or uh, alligators, I mean, um, it might be a nice, nice little romantic boat ride. All right. But, um, yeah, she's got like the trees overhanging the, the river, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, Spanish moss hanging down. Just kind of cool. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's a couple. Fine, I will go to New Orleans with you. <laughs> Are you guys still planning to go? Yep. You got it planned out at all yet? Uh, we just need to get flights, but we already booked our hotel. Oh, did you? Where are you? You're going in June? Yeah. Have fun with that. Yeah. The place we're <laughs> staying at is supposed to be one of the most haunted places in America. Oh, yeah. Where? Uh, I don't remember. The something house. Like the Lef- Lef- Lefout? Lafitte. Lafitte? Is that a place? Yeah. It could be it. L-A-F-I-T-T-E. Oh, that might be it. Yeah, uh, Jean Lafitte was, um, well, he was a, a privateer, or a pirate. And he, he basically... Um, John the Foot. Right. <laughs> he basically helped um, um, Andrew Jackson secure the, the, the safety of New Orleans from, uh, was it the French Army, I think? Or the British Army? Was he in Hamilton? Hmm? Was he in Hamilton? No. Oh, I, I got I get all my history from Hamilton. <laughs> anyway, let's talk um, about the movie, shall we? <laughs> so this couple they're sitting in a boat out in the swamp, and um, they're just you know sharing a moment. And at one point, uh, the guy he starts saying, you know. Um, God, what their names? Sue, Sue and Dell. Dell is played by Jonah Ray, by the way, who was the new guy in uh, Netflix's Mystery Science Theater revival. Oh. Anyway, um, so he says, Sue, you know, we've been going for a while now, and like Sue just like immediately knows what's happening, which I suspect a lot of girls do, but they kind of play it off. Yeah, but like she like. Just breaks up, breaks down, like crying just with excitement. Ugly crying, yeah, just super ugly crying, like snot, like wet face. S- yeah, snot dripping out. Like all her, all her makeup, her lipstick is smeared, her yeah. uh, eyeliner is smeared, and she's got snot <laughs> running down her face. It's so, it's so fucking gross. Yeah, it's heinous. Snot is running down his nose. Um, and like he's like he's because this is happening. He's like having a hard time getting through the proposal. He like doesn't want to look her in the face. Yeah. He's like, can you like wipe your face? <laughs> She's like, I've been waiting through this for so long. Just just do it. Just do it. And like it just keeps getting worse. Like every time you the, the camera goes back to her, her face is just more and more fucked up. Um anyway, so he just like kind of rushes through the proposal and she says yes. And they start hearing noises. And so it's like, uh, wait, she grabs him by the face and kisses him. Oh, right. And there's just this string in between their faces. That's so gross. Um, so they, they start hearing these, these noises and, um, they, I, I can't remember if it's when they find when they get back to shore or if they're still in the boat and they're talking about, I was like, oh. You know, that, that Crowley kid was just killed out here. 
Yeah. And, you know, he burned down in the house. Um, you know, they say now they say, now they say the, the these the swamp is haunted. And it's like, oh poppycock. <laughs> so they go they're they're back on shore and they're you know, going through the woods and like just hearing these sounds all around them, getting really creeped out. And they're like, We need to get out of here. This is this is not okay. So let's just go. Um, and so they start like kind of scurrying and um that's when they run into Tyler Maine, right? <laughs> just out in the woods hunting. Don't really know exactly why he's out there. No. Um, and you never really get to know because as soon as you're introduced to him, he says, or he's like, what are you kids doing out here? They're like, we're just, we're, we're trying to find our way back to, to town. And he says, okay, you guys just need to run and you know get out of here as fast as you can. Um, and like kind of basically saying like, you need to like, if you ever seen Feast, when the hero comes into the bar and says, I'm the guy that's going to save your life. McSteamy. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that because as like, he's giving, like he's showing off all this bravado. He's like, I'm going to get you guys out of here safe and sound. And then that's when uh, our old familiar friend, Victor Crowley comes up from behind and chomps off Tyler Maine's head. Now I have a problem here. Do you? Yeah. This is 1964. Yeah, they say that that Crowley boy was just killed, yet Victor is a full grown man. Well, he he was he died a full grown man, wasn't he? Or didn't he? No, he was a kid. I thought. Sure. Yeah, and his dad hatcheted him in the face. Right, but I thought he was a grown man when that happened. Mm. I can cons- I very heavily considered watching the first three movies before I watched this, but I just didn't have time. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. But didn't you say they said the the Crowley kid? In that he's not the eldest Crowley. No. That's the way I took it anyway. Um, anyway, so they start running, and um, Dell turns around to Sue and says, Sue, you just need to get out of here now. You need to run, and um, I'm going to try and figure out. Or I, I forget exactly what he says to him, but he tells, tells Sue that she needs to run. Um, but as he's kind of say giving the speech... Um, uh, Victor rises up behind him and he can see like Dell can see the reaction on Sue's face that like there's something behind him and he just goes, Oh fuck. <laughs> and uh does he get his head lopped off? What what happens to him? I can't remember exactly what happens to him. Yeah, I don't remember. She gets quartered, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Like so once he gets killed, um Sue goes running through the woods again and Crowley catches up with her and knocks her to the ground and just, yeah, starts quartering her, like cutting off, cutting her up limb by limb um, and then just leaving her for dead. Or I guess he cuts off her head too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and he takes it. Right. I don't know what he does with it. I don't want to know. Yeah. So then he, he my girlfriend walks out and she's like, is everybody dead already? <laughs> I was like, it's a cold open. But, People be dying in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's like nobody safe. <laughs> um, so then we jump ahead to 2017, um, where we are shown Andrew Young, who is Perry Shen, the third Perry Shen. 
in the Hatchet series. I was, I was telling my girlfriend, this is I, I believe this is the first movie in the series where he plays a character that was in one of the other movies. Yeah, yeah, because in the first movie, he plays a tour guide. In the second movie, he plays the brother or cousin of that tour guide. Yeah. And then he like and he in that movie he's what he's Reverend Zombie's like assistant or something. Um and then in this third movie he's another relation to those two. Maybe they're all three brothers, I don't know. Um but he's he's a paramedic who's been yeah. called out to Honey Island Swamp. Um Anyway, he he's um he's on a talk show talking about his book um that's been released where he recounts his experience in Honey Island Swamp um and his you know his near death experience how he's the only survivor out of all these people that went in there and i assume they're talking about the entire group of you know the people from the first movie the second movie and the people that were in there in the third movie the the group of paramedics the group of uh, cops and the group of of the like SWAT or or military of some kind that went in there too. Um, just so many dead people, and he was the only person that walked out of there alive. Um, and uh, and so he's he's been basically like scapegoated and, and lambasted for like, people think he murdered everyone in there, um, because nobody is buying the story that. The swamp is haunted by the ghost of Victor Crowley, and he's the one that killed everyone. Um, but he's been on this, uh, like, he, he just wrote a book recounting his experience there, and he's basically on a book tour. Um, and uh, his uh, his agent, played by Felissa Rose, she's a total fucking scumbag. Like, she's got this, like, really thick, like, uh, Jersey accent. Is it supposed to be Jersey? Or Jersey or New York. I, don't I thought know. it was Long Island. Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, I guess it does sound like more like Long Island, huh? Um. Anyway, so, yeah, she's she's just a total scumbag, basically in it for the money. Um, and, you know, he's not, probably not like the greatest client, so she's like doing everything she can to like squeeze every cent out of his fame. Um, meanwhile, we've got this, into, like this small-time film crew um, uh, Chloe Rose, who's played by Laura Artiz, and um, Alex, and Alex, who's played by Chase Wall- Williamson from um, uh, John Dies at the End. Oh, okay. Um, did you yeah. ever see that? I, I still haven't. Really? I keep meaning to, and it just other things come up. I'm. It's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's either on Netflix or Amazon. You should check it out. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like all the other Hatchet movies, this one is, you know, just wrought with uh cameos yeah. from horror icons yeah and it's like you even get a glimpse of caroline williams during the opening credits she was in one of the newspapers really yeah i missed that um yeah and it's like if you listen to um the movie crypt you'll see a lot of familiar names like a lot of these people in this movie have been on the movie crypt yeah. at one point or another <clears throat> um so he um he he goes to a book signing um and he gets there and the poster with him kind of standing you know posing uh you know with, with his name and the name of the book on it um like set up next to his table it's got or like his book is called I Survivor 
and somebody scraped or marked out survivor and wrote murder and then <laughs> big fucking dick next to his face. I like how his agent is covering it up with post-it notes and right. she's like, one, two, oh, this is a big one. Three. <laughs> um, so it's just a fucking nightmare. Um I I bought the Blu-ray, so I saw the unrated version. Um Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know and I just want to say Dark Sky Films, this is fucking bullshit that you did this. Um, I, I, I mean, at least I understand that it was them from, from what I hear. But there's there's a scene that I, Tony's going to talk about in a second here that is cut from the VOD version, despite the VOD version being pitched as unrated. The scene, the scene is not cut. The scene is edited. Yeah. Um, and it's... So basically what Taylor's talking about is that in this scene... There is a girl who comes up. She puts her book down. She's like, oh, I'm such a huge fan. Um, can you sign these? She lifts up her top and wants her to sign her. He wants him to sign her tits. Um, and so and he they, kind of, they, they show her tits? Yeah. Okay. And they kind of, she kind of fumbles around. And he's like, uh, which, which one? Did, did they not show him? No, it was, it was like from just above her tits up. Okay. I thought that was the case. Um, and so she... He kind of fumbles around, fumbles with it. He's like, "Which one do you want me to sign?" He's like, "Oh, well, can you sign one to me and then the other to my dad?" <laughs> um, and then it jumps ahead, and um, this other guy comes in. Um, he's like, and he's like this middle-aged guy, you know, balding. He's got a big, huge gut on him. And he's like, "Hey, uh, I'm just gonna. I didn't buy your book, so I'm just gonna tour on it later." I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. He, he, I knew he wouldn't be able to get through it without it. Um, it's like, but can you sign this? And he pulls out his dick. And like saying it's a dick, you know, granted, I imagine this guy is not going to walk on set and, you know, present his fucking heart on. But what he was showing was basically a pair of balls and the head of a penis. <laughs> like I didn't see a shaft to speak of. And he just pops it down on the table. And what's the worst part of it is like it's just sitting there. And so like you can like see how like one of his balls like was not fully out of his fly yet. So one you can like see it just kind of like shift and fall out. Just like, <laughs> See, I didn't see any of that. But yeah, so apparently what happened was that Dark Sky, according to what I've heard, Dark Sky edited, took out the, his guy's dick because... um they just felt it was too inappropriate or something. And then because of that, they didn't want to create a double standard, so they edited out the girl's tits, too. Which is just stupid. Leave both of them in. <laughs> yeah, and especially if you're going to advertise it as being unrated. Yeah. Like, if it's unrated, then it should be unedited. It should be the, the same version that I get on Blu-ray. Yeah. Or in the theater. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know how much you paid for it, but it's if you're paying uh, even close to the same price, you should be getting the same fucking product. Yeah. Um, so I, I was hoping that maybe because I know like Amazon had the same issue with that movie Other Halves where they showed the girl's tits but not the guy's dick mm. and so I was hoping maybe it was just an Amazon thing because I bought this on Google Play so I was like maybe the Google Play version will be be the real version but mm -hmm. nope stupid uh, I know Amazon has made it very challenging for people to um, put their unedited um, product on their format um, just 
basically them trying to control what people see. It's not your fucking job, Amazon. No, it's definitely not. And like a lot of independent filmmakers are getting pissed off because they have to, um, they have to sacrifice their films in in their entirety in order to appease Amazon. And eventually, that meant that affects their film distribution as a whole. And it's it's horseshit. Like Amazon's trying to dictate whether or not we see a cock or not. It's like I see a fucking dick every single day. I don't like if I'm going to see one on screen, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Anyway. So, fucking nanny state. <laughs> um anyway, so he he's just like I'm not going to sign that. He's like I, I can't. He's like what are you homophobe? And he's like I'm going to tell everybody on the Facebook that you're a homophobe. Yeah. The Facebook. It's like all right old guy um <laughs> i wish he would have said reddit reddit would have been better that would have been funny um because reddit is a fucking hellhole oh god yeah it is like i try to limit which subreddits i go to just because in the hopes that they're not going to turn into a fucking nightmare yeah um anyway and like his agent is over on the phone and he's like hey what was her name uh kathleen i think yeah yeah kathleen it's like kathleen He's like, I, I, I can't, I, I don't sign those. He's like, I'm going to tell everyone you're homophobe. And just, he storms off all pissed. Or his, his agent finally looks over and sees this dick out on the table. He's like, hey. She's like, hey, you put that away. You get out of here. He's like, I'm telling everyone you're homophobe. And just storms off. Um, and that's when Chloe, um, Rose, and Alex... Um, Go up to the table and say, "Hey, uh, Mr. Young, we I spoke to, or I talked to you on Facebook." And this is another thing Adam Green I think put in, with reflecting his own personal experience, just getting people messaging him on f- social media, and then when they come up to him and ask him at a come up to him like at a convention, say, "Hey, I talked to you on on such and such format. You remember me?" Because uh, Andrew's just sitting there, it's like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> Um, so um, like, do we, th- there's a lot of Easter eggs in this. Yeah. Do we want to talk about them as we go or just circle around at the end? Um, if you want to bring them up, that's cool. Cause I, I imagine that I'm probably not going to re- recall them off the top of my head. Well, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, at, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Aaron, right? Aaron or Andrew, Andrew, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he's on this like talk show, mm-hmm. like Sabrina. And at, at the bottom of the screen, it says, tomorrow on Sabrina, um, a doctor who believes that monsters are real. Oh, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I was like, oh, it's digging up the marrow. Right. And then during this book signing, the woman standing right behind the, those uh, three, uh, Chloe, Rose, and um, Alex, the woman right behind him in line is holding Arwen. Right. Uh, Adam Green's dog. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize her, though. She, I, I felt like yeah, I, I should have. Me too. But I I certainly didn't, and I couldn't find anybody in the credits that I thought might be her. So I was anyway. Um, I think those are the only ones so far. Okay, yeah, I, I know there were a lot of Easter eggs, but like if I'm trying to think of one right now, actually, like, before they get to the book signing, we see those three in the hotel room, and uh, Laura Ortiz when she's unpacking her her bag, she has a sweatshirt that says Holliston. Oh, did she? Yeah, nice. I guess I didn't catch that either. Jesus. Um, also, like, I don't know if that was a body double, but damn girl. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, she her body looked good. Yeah. 
Like she was wearing like a like a crop top mm-hmm. and like god damn like her stomach man. I don't remember her being that skinny. Well, I, I remember her being skinny, but I remember not her that being skinny, fit. but not that skinny. Yeah. Like cuz like you could like see like like abs like a V in her stomach. Mm-hmm. Like god damn. <laughs> Somebody's been busy. Yeah. Um Did she have a baby? No. She oh. did just get married recently though, I think. I was wondering if maybe she had a baby and just like worked herself to get back into shape. Mm. I mean, maybe if she had a baby, I don't know about it. Okay. I know. Uh, I think Corey English had Corey a baby. English okay. Woman. Yeah. Um, anyway. No, no appearance from her. I was a little surprised. thought there might be a cameo somewhere, but. Yeah. I mean, like she was pretty much the only Halston star that wasn't in it. Yeah. Uh, like even, even Axel was in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was like, that was another, East, that was one Easter egg that stood out to me. It's like a, a, kind of like the secret ending scene. Yeah. There's Axel sitting there in the. Like behind a TV. Anyway, um, so, okay, so Andrew's storming out of this book signing because it's just been a fucking disaster. And um, his agent says uh, they want you to do an interview out in the swamp. And he's like, no fucking way I'm ever going back there. It's like, do you, do you know what happened to me there? It's like, I'm, I'm never going back there. And he's walking off. She's like, they said that they'd give you $600,000 and he stops and he starts walking again. And she's like, but I talked them up to a million. And so he kind of stops and just kind of sighs. And so we jump to him in a plane. Um, oh, I guess I, I missed the part here. Chloe, Rose, and Alex, they are filming a uh, a, a mock, tra- mock trailer for a film about what happened to Andrew. Hatchet Face. Hatchet Face, right. Which I think was the original title of Hatchet. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they wanted him to actually portray himself in the movie, or in the, in the trailer. Um, and he just kind of brushed them off. Um, anyway, so, flash forward to him in the plane uh, with, uh, God, who are these, uh, who are people? Uh, it was Brian Austin who's playing, or not Brian Austin. Brian, Brian Quinn. Quinn, who's playing Austin. Um, and Tiffany Sheppis, who's playing. Uh, Brian Quinn, for those who don't know, is he's from the show Impractical Jokers. Yeah, which Adam, is like a show that Adam Green is just like obsessed with. Yeah, it's so random. Like he's not like, as, I mean, to my knowledge, he's not an actor by trade. Yeah. I mean, he did all right. Yeah. But he, yeah. Impractical Jokers is basically. It's. I think it's on True TV. Yeah, it, it's funny. Is it funny? It is. I've never really watched funny. it. It's just. A, it's a prank show, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they like. It, they're kind of pranking each other. Okay. Because like they'll do things where like the guy will, will wear an earpiece and like everyone else will tell him what he has to say to people. Okay. <laughs> and they'll have missions like you have to get somebody to say this or do this, mm-hmm. and whoever loses at the end has to face a punishment. <laughs> okay. And there was one season where this guy Quinn he shaved his head. And they made a wig for a different guy who was balding, and he had to wear the wig the entire next season. <laughs> so he had to wear this wig made out of Quinn's hair. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so so basically, there's a there's a film crew. It's Tiffany Shep is playing the camera girl. Um, ah, shit, Casey, Casey, thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, then there's Austin, the sound guy, and what was the makeup guy's name? I don't know. It's not on here. I mean, he's not in it for long. 
<laughs> but there, there's a makeup guy and there's like a like a camera assistant or something. Yeah. Um, and then you know Andrew and uh, Kathleen. Kathleen, thank you. Um, they're all on the plane and they're basically saying it's like, oh god, I wonder who got who they got to interview you. And that's when Sabrina, the talk show host from earlier, gets on the plane. And that's like I don't know if you acknowledged it before, but uh, Sabrina is Andrew's ex-wife, um, and they did not have a copacetic separation. Yeah, they're both very angry with each other. Now here's another plot point where that I had an issue with. Okay, the sh- the main part of the movie starts with Andrew on Sabrina's show, mm-hmm. and yet he has apparently never met Austin Casey or this makeup person. Yeah. Who are apparently Sabrina's crew. Like that's these are her people. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this movie that are kind of overlooked. Yeah. <laughs> um <clears throat> anyway, so um they before they take off, they meet the pilots. Right. <laughs> Played by none other than Adam Green and, and Joe, Joe Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> um like I, I mean I don't know they're 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 goofy just in the way that they look yeah but that like they're comic relief yeah but they, I mean in essence they don't really have a lot to their characters no but I mean basically they're there to tell uh, Kathleen and Andrew that they they don't do water landings so yeah. they're going to have to take a boat which Andrew is not okay with yeah and then Green gets on the mic and he's like uh yeah <laughs> he's like oh we're gonna be heading for uh, uh, Lancaster. Uh, <laughs> he also he says um he says this is this is your pilot uh Craig Borden who is a uh he's a DP for Adam Green. Yeah, yeah, and um I can't remember what Joe Lynch's name was, but I'm pretty sure that's Oh, did they say it? I didn't hear a name for him. Uh, I don't know if they said it, but his name is in the credits. Or his character name is um I felt like it was, the name was familiar, but I couldn't pinpoint it. Um then we go back to Chloe, Rose, and Alex, who have gone out to a swamp tour company, one that seems to specialize in Victor Crowley tours. Um, and they meet up with their uh, with their their tour guide. Um, oh fuck, Dylan, Sergeant Doofy, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, Dylan, who's played by Dave Sheridan. Who, yeah, he's he's Deputy Doofy in Scary Movie. He also played Mark in Bubble Boy. Who, that oh, yeah. that's always who I go to. He's like, if you've ever seen Bubble Boy, like he's just just Matthew Waters. That was Joe Lynch's name. Yeah, I can't. The name's familiar. But I can't think of why. Uh, he's an Australian actor known for Peter Pan. Huh. <laughs> well, anyway, um, but he's okay. It's probably this guy. Uh, different Matthew Waters. He's a sound department. Uh, sound editor and he worked on digging up the marrow okay well there we go um yeah so he's a tour guide but he's also an actor what is he touring (laughs) um and uh he's gonna help help them out to honey island uh and he's also gonna play some kind of role in the trailer um i don't think they ever actually say what he's supposed to be playing i don't right? think so she's getting him a sag card that was the whole thing was right um 
and oh, and Alex was supposed to be playing Joel David Moore's character from the first movie, right? Um, so yeah, they're they're setting up, and they they want to they they, they or Chloe has like done her research about Victor Crowley. She knows pretty much everything there is to know, and she wants Rose to be the person who, um, they're the the let's see, it's John Crowley's wife who cursed him and his mistress and their child and with a voodoo curse. And so she wants Rose to be the one to recite that curse on film. And so they're going through these YouTube videos to figure out the right way to say it. Um, and they're going through all these people that are just like saying, Oh, well, this is how it's actually done. And like, they're basically going through and saying like, you know, this, it could be any one of them. They're all saying them different ways. This is, this is bullshit. And then I forget what happens. Oh, so something oh, they lose one of the engines in the plane and it starts to go down one of the windows shatters open and this camera assistant he gets sucked out the window um and uh the plane comes comes crashing down meanwhile on the ground this kid who just got burned up in one of the engines i assume uh falls to the ground in front like in front of uh, Chloe and Rose and they start freaking out and then they hear the plane crash off in the distance and they go running away and Rose drops her phone on the phone. <laughs> Dylan checks the kid's pulse. Right. <laughs> like, hold on, hold on. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> She's dead. She's, She's dead. dead. She's dead. Um, hey, if you want to know what we're talking about, join Patreon. <laughs> Give us money. Um, so okay, so the kid lands and they freak out and they hear they run after the plane crash to see what happened. Um, and Rose drops her phone. On the phone, we see Reverend Zombie, Mr. Tony Todd. Mr. Tony Todd. Um, he said he's doing the incantation. Did you notice says, the video before that though? No, it was uh, Tom Holland. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I know, like the only one I really could make out was. Uh, like an older lady. Yeah, it was in between those two. There, there was one with Tom oh, okay. Holland. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's saying the incantation. He's like, that is the correct way to say the curse that resurrected Victor Crowley. He would know. Right. <laughs> um, given his history. Except he was like, that's the correct way to say. God damn that voice, man. <laughs> that's like fucking gold right there. Seriously. Um. Is that when, so like, so they go to the plane and you know it, they see everybody's inside. Um, oh shit! What Alice was that her name? No, who? Um, Tiffany Shepes. Casey. Casey. Well, right there. Uh, Casey's been pinned underneath. Uh, I guess a, a chair that's been like that's some kind of seat or piece of a seat or something. Yeah, some kind of metal frame of some sort, and she's been pinned to the. the floor of the the fuselage and um and she she can't get out meanwhile the, there's a hole in the bottom of the plane and it's starting to fill with water very very slowly um and so yeah they're trying to get her out and it's just that that incantation basically resurrected victor crowley why he was gone in the first place i don't know like why he decided to take a powder for 10 years. I'm not really sure. Didn't he get blown up? He's a ghost. He keeps coming back. Oh, that's true. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so which, mm-hmm. it's so. I mean, not relevant to this point of the movie, but he's a ghost that has a corporeal form. Yeah, it's kind of weird. People can like touch him and punch him in the face and yeah, grab his balls and stuff. Yeah, it's never really explained. Which is kind of par for the course for this right. subgenre. So honestly, most of this movie takes place inside this plane. Mm-hmm. And it's not a jetliner. It's a tiny little private business class plane. Um, and, uh, you know, like, and that's kind of it. Like, basically, Victor Crowley comes back and he starts harassing these Clapping people. Clapping fools. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the the meat of what makes this movie worth watching is is in the kills and so that's we don't want to give away a bunch of those now i want to talk about that okay compared to the previous three movies i really feel like this was not on par as far as the kills as far as the effects or as far as the count um the effects the creativity and the well i i guess the kill count was fairly high but the way they were done were just i don't know like i i watching the first three particularly the first two i really have come to expect like these these insane over-the-top kills i mean in the first movie a guy gets fucking sawn in half by a giant chainsaw and a woman gets her head split open like a fucking coconut yeah and a belt sander uh to the the mandible um, these are the kind of things I come to expect from a hatchet movie. That's, I, you know, I didn't put that together, but now that you're saying this, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And like the fact that I like seriously, like 80% of this movie takes place in this crashed plane. Um, I felt, I felt the movie was really restrained because it was keeping like they, they go out of the plane and then they see Victor Crowley standing off in the distance and Andrew, he's like, oh, shit, get back in the plane. Get back in the plane now. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's kind of where they stay. And every time, you know, so basically Crowley is kind of hovering around this plane. And, like, every time one of them tries to escape, it's basically to their demise. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that really crippled the movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it was something different for the franchise, but I get what you're saying. It was, you know, it, it kind of added this claustrophobic element and this kind of isolationist element. But yeah, as far as, I mean, it it kind of neutered Crowley and what he could do. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see Crowley as this insane killing machine like he, like I typically do. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we just watched Hatchet not too long ago, didn't we? Uh, it was a while ago. Was it? Yeah. It feels just like yesterday. I want to say it was like episode 14 or something. No, it wasn't that long ago. Or did we do it for like Patreon or something? Episode 14. April 16th, 2014. Did we do it for Patreon? Nope. Why do I feel like we just... Maybe I just watched it in my own time. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but it was semi-recently. I mean, you know, semi-recently, meaning like within like the last six months or so. Um, 
and I just remember like the first one especially being so over the top. And this just did not feel like it was up to par with that. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this for what it was. I mean, I love a hack and slash movie. Every, you know, everybody that listens to the show regularly knows that. Um, Kathleen's kill was a little, uh, that was pretty creative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's running away. Cause I, don't, she, I don't think we should talk about it. No, no. Oh, I, man, I, you gotta let people experience that for themselves. Oh God. I really wanted to talk. About we can that. talk about it off mic, but okay. I, I think people are better well, off I mean, going into that cold. You saw it, I guess. I, I, I mainly wanted to get the joy of telling people about <laughs> it and describing it. Um, yeah. But, um, so she, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you get things like like somebody gets their face stomped on, but even that, it's like I feel like they could have really upped the ante with that one. Yeah, um, where it looked like he was almost like stepping like on like a like a deflated basketball or something rather than crushing a skull. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. There's one thing that really bugged me. <laughs> where um basically the the jet one of the one of the turbines of the of the plane was being used as an implement with which to kill someone. Um and the person was able to resist it. <laughs> yeah, those things suck you in. Yeah, I, I asked my brother-in-law, who is an aeronautical engineer. <laughs> um, well, he went to school. He's He went to school here nor there. for aer- aeronautical engineering. Um, I said, hey, I had a question for you. Would a small business jet, you know, like a, like a Gulfstream or a Cessna, would that small engine be able to suck a full-grown man into the jet? He's like, oh, absolutely. I could probably suck. Like, Almost you know. definitely. <laughs> um, he says, uh, it, at full power, it could suck a car into it. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, he said, he's like, oh, okay. I said, okay, so, so like a like a full-powered, right, like a, like a jetliner engine. Because like, I, I was thinking, if anything could do it, it would be, definitely be a jetliner engine. And he says, at full power, that could suck a house if it was, lo- like, if it was, free from a foundation, it could suck a house into the engine. What the fuck? Yeah. So the fact that not only one person, but three were re- re- resisting the pull. Like, what did he say? Something. He said a modern Cessna engine has about 1,000 to 1,500 pounds of thrust and 2,000 to 3,000 for the set. So that's enough to, Pull that's enough to pull our car into it, so a full grown human wouldn't be no match. Double negative. <laughs> no, he said wood. I just oh. Um He said what about or yeah, I guess about a big jetliner. He says those things have sixty thousand to hundred and fifteen thousand pounds of thrust. So you could pull a whole house into them if it were off its foundation. So yeah. There are three people just standing Within ten feet of this yeah. engine, and weren't even budging. So that was just something that bugged me a little bit. <laughs> so, guys, I mean, if you get nothing I, else from this episode, you have learned the 
thrust of a Cessna <laughs> engine. Um, yeah. I mean, I know there's a suspension of disbelief, but it's like, come on. <laughs> anyway. Um, and it, so, yeah, it's like, I don't want to seem like I'm just bitching about this movie because it's, it is fun. I mean, like, sure. just like all the hatchet movies, they're, they're fun to watch. Um, but I just, I don't know that this, or it, I mean, it, I know it definitely was not the strongest of the series. No, no, definitely not. Um, I also don't know if it's the weakest though. I'm not a huge fan of three. I don't really like three. No. Um, and I was going to say that I think this is definitely, I think this has a kingdom of crystals, crystal skull. Itis, <laughs> whereas it's not as bad as, or it's not the worst of the series, not the best. It's kind of like right in the middle. Are you saying Temple of Doom is the worst? Yes. No, get the fuck out. Fuck you. Temple of Doom sucks, dude. Also, I did not know until like the last year or so that that's a prequel. I don't know if I knew that. It's yeah. It's before Raiders of the Lost. I haven't Ark. seen it in a long ass time. So, um, anyway, um, what are your thoughts? Other Adam Green's uh, Easter eggs that I noticed. Uh, at one point, Sabrina is talking about how Andrew has failed at all these things, and she's like, "Even a failed musician." Oh yeah. yeah Anybody yeah. heard of the band Haddonfield? <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> Yeah, for those that are not aware, that is Adam Green's high school band. Yeah, that recently got back together. Right. I, st- I still haven't heard anything. I, you said... I mean, they, they put out a live album, and I'm not a huge fan of live albums. Right. Um, the music's not bad. I, I Adam Green's not a strong singer. <laughs> I don't think he would argue with that. <laughs> Does he sound like him yes. singing? Okay. <laughs> um. What else was there? I know there was more. Shoot. I know there was at least one more that I'm not thinking of now. Fudge. (laughs) I don't know. Mm. So you got some insight on the movie? I I liked it. I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, uh, Yeah, I think it's probably, I would put it probably third best in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in that case, that's that's good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, especially if he's trying to reboot the franchise. Right. I know he's talked about making a part five. And I mean, we won't let anything, I won't give anything away, but it is open to another sequel. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that it, it almost... I don't know what the budget was, and I don't know what the budget was of the old ones, but it almost seems like it was cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Crowley didn't... He looked different. I can't really put my finger on it, but something about him just seemed different. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think the effects were as strong. Yeah. Um, that's something that kind of weighed on my mind pretty much the entire time watching it. First time I, I realized that was at like the very beginning when Tyler Mann got decapitated and it basically looked like something you'd see in like a low budget 80, 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, Crowley just didn't quite look right. Um, and that that's probably another reason why some of the kills aren't as graphic. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Robert Pendergraft um, is the one that did, because um, he, he did the effects for this one. 
and I'm pretty sure he did it for hatchet, the first hatchet too. Um, so it's the same guy doing it, but I mean, I think this is just very reflective of what kind of budget you have available. Yeah. I mean, same guy can only do so much with a certain budget. True. So I don't hold that against anyone, but it's, it does. I mean, you can't help but draw the comparison between the two movies. I mean, especially because they're films of the same series. So, but no, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and this one I felt like played for laughs a little more than some of the others. Yeah. And I, I mean, like intentional humor. Like, I mean, you know, like at least for us, you know, when he grabs somebody by both their jaws and pulls their head open, I laughed. Right. <laughs> Mostly because I'm like, that's fucking preposterous. <laughs> but this one had a lot of laughs. There was like this, you know, the opening scene with the people kissing or, you know, Adam Green's, uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, right. <laughs> um, it just seemed like there was a lot more deliberate, deliberate comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you can, you know, decide if, for yourself if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I kind of didn't really like it. No, I definitely wanted more violence. Yeah. Rather than laughs. Um, you know, comedy's cheaper than horror. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's really kind of all I have to say. Um. I mean, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. So yeah, like I said, I would have I would have liked to get more out of this. Um. Again, it's not the worst of the series. I'm glad that Green came back to it. Rather than handing the directing job off to somebody else again. Yeah. And I applaud him and appreciate him being able to film this entire thing. Not only not only film it, but all the pre-production and all the post-production. All of that done completely in secret. Mm-hmm. That's impressive in this day and age. Yeah. Um I mean, especially you know, you've got you've got news sites that are genre specific. Like you've got at least three major outlets reporting on well, most you know nowadays it's kind of expanded a little bit, but for the most part, exclusively horror news, um, and none of them said anything. Yeah, um, I suspect if anybody knew about it, it may have been Barton. Yeah, um, but I I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's a hatchet movie. It's, it's not the best hatchet movie. I I definitely would have liked more out of it, but it is what it is. And I can appreciate it for that. So, um, you got a seven. Hmm. I know we haven't reviewed two or three, so it's kind of hard for me to think about because I know I gave Hatchet an eight. Yeah, I think I did too. I think you gave it a nine, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I gave it eight or nine. So I'm just thinking if I'm trying to put them in order and I need to put this in a relevant place, uh, I'll I'll, I'll do six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like if, I mean, never mind. I was going to say, if I was going to rate the other two movies, I'd give them this, but in case we ever actually do review them in the future, I'll save that. 
Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, if you like the first three, you're going to like this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Unless it, you're just, like, super staunchly... I don't even know what. Because, I mean, it's, it is a little bit of a departure, mm-hmm. but it's not super drastic. No. I mean, you definitely still get the hatchet flavor. Yeah. I mean, the feel of it definitely different, but you, there's still something very hatchet about it. Yeah. So. And, you know, I we talked about all these... Uh, Adam Green Easter eggs, and I, I can't quite decide how I feel about it. If it's like him patting himself on the back, or if it's just kind of like nods to his fans. I think it's yeah, it's just fan service. Because it almost, I, I know we said that Hatchet is a horror movie for horror movie fans, and this almost felt like it was an Adam Green movie for Adam Green fans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I could see that. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Which, I mean, you know, for, for everything that we say about Adam Green, I still, I love his work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we I, last episode, I talked about that. It's just like, as, as much shit as I say about him, it's like, I still love his movies. The guy makes stuff that I would make if I was a filmmaker. Exactly. And I, I appreciate and applaud him for that. So, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, watch it. Be your own judge. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if, if, you know, you really want to see boobs and dicks, then make sure you get the Blu-ray because otherwise you're not going to, you can, you can miss, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's whatever, you know, <laughs> I only bought it because I intend, cause I have hatchet, the first hatchet already. I intend to buy two and three at, at some point and just have it. So I figured I might as well just buy it now. Um, but if you're buying it for the nudity, then it's, it's really not worth it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're either going to see it a little dick um, and one set of boobs for a little bit, and that's it. There you go. All right. So that's going to do it, guys. That's the end of the episode 104. Yep. All done. Uh, this is uh, uh, Mr. Captain speaking. <laughs> uh. But I tell you what. We're gonna be back next. Ep- we're gonna be back next episode with more fun for everyone. That's gonna be episode one hundred five. This is going very poorly, and you're staring at me with so much contempt. <laughs> you just keep getting worse. I don't understand. <laughs> we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks, guys, with episode one hundred five, and it's gonna be so fucking awesome. It's gonna be so exciting. It's gonna be an exciting episode. Um, what are we watching? I can't remember. Uh, it's gonna be our Irish horror episode, right? Uh, we're gonna be talking about shrooms and grabbers, right? Our salute to the Emerald Isle. <laughs> so, uh, be sure to catch that, guys. Um, we've also released our February Patreon video review. If you are not part of the celebration, Taylor, tell people where to go to be part of the celebration. Patreon.com slash Podcast. Join the celebration. Also check us out at our website, graveplotpodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and or a review and then send us an email. Let us know you did and we will send you a free magnet. Uh, Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Get it.
Ooh, yeah. Cool. So, catch us again in a couple weeks. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Me!